people. It is Tuesday, the 1st of August, 1st of the month. Welcome to TDA, the day after the home of popular culture and your favourite news platform. Oh, that's the wrong way around. It's your favourite news platform and the home of popular culture as decided by you lot, the culture. Am I this, this one? Yes. Yeah. This is news for me. <laughs> so how many people have seen you straight on before? Okay. I don't know how I feel about that. But <laughs> <laughs> Morning, people. Hope you are all right. Um, as as usual, we're brought to you by the best. Care to introduce yourself, guys? They call me Iman, the pro-black activist, TDA producer and news analyst. And of course, the melanin is jam-packed. <laughs> Missed you yesterday. Well, I, I feel good to be back, man. Right, where was you? I was working behind the scenes, man. I was laying the foundation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, Brent, like every now and again, Brent will get excited and tell the people what we're working on, right? With TMB, the new black, right? Because a lot of the time people confuse T TMB with TDA in it. Yeah. But TDA is under TMB. Just like there'll be other things that we bring out basically underneath TMB. Underneath TMB. So basically. Um, there are certain things that we're kind of working on again with the whole TMB, bring it together, this and the third. And I pretty much can't do some of those things whilst being it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so long story short, I had to take out time from here to go and work on those things in it. But it was all for a good cause, right? Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. There you go then. You know he's not gonna be here next week, Monks. Huh? You know he's not gonna be here next week. What the whole week? It's a lot of work to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's but not linked to TV, right, it's not, that's right. It's not, it's, not linked. it's not linked. What, another holiday? This is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I've been saying the same thing. Why? Every day, holiday, holiday. But yeah, family and that, isn't it? This is crazy. That's what they do, man. I'm, I'm going on holiday soon, anyway. <laughs> Where are you going? I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going, trust me. Soon. No, I'm here for the next few months at least. But okay, good, good, good. Why do people want us to talk about Love Island? Oh, because Whitney never won, probably. Mm. Was she the best candidate? I mean, she was the streets' favourite. Ah, as in the black streets? Yeah. Oh, that's she got, not... She got the black vote, but I don't know what they thought was going to happen. Okay. Just all this... I don't understand why they're so upset. They're acting like they don't understand what country we live in. You get me? Mm. Like, I've done the maths. I, I, I mean, I'm probably even sure I might even have said it to Esther when we spoke about it one time. I said, like, Sammy and Jess might win because when you look at the, the contestants who are the favourites... You could just whittle it down, you get me? They didn't like Molly and Zach because Molly, they resented Molly because she got a chance to come back. And obviously, um, Zach's almost like, he's, he presents black as well, you get me? He's talking like the undercover feds all the time. So, Middle Earth wasn't going wasn't gonna to like him. Mm. Yeah. Um, Tyreek and Ella thought they were, thought they were, I don't know who they thought they were, but um, Tyreek badding up the gal every week, telling him to shut up and shush, <laughs> especially when he said it to Jess and that, shut up this, shush this, rest of the day and going on wicked. I could see Middle Earth weren't going to be feeling that. Mm -hmm. So they weren't going to promote him to, to King. Um, Whitney was my favourite. I wanted her to win. Yeah. You get me? But I just think she was too black for them. They mm -hmm. were I don't think she was going to get the vote. And then it left Jess and Sammy. And everyone's like, no, because Sammy's a piece of shit, what no, what no, what no. But it's mm -hmm. like, that's where they're going to be most comfortable voting. Yeah. You get what yeah. I'm trying to say? Like, mm -hmm. Jess done a lot of the heavy lifting. And they like Jess. They don't really like Sammy. They like Jess. And it was just like it was mm. just a safe, it was a safe vote for them. I could see, that. I could see that happening all the time. So mm. I weren't shocked. Britain, like Love Island, nearly made Britain great again. 
You get me? Because if Whitney won, that would have been that would have been a vibe. But I think it's just mm. one step too far. Mm. And didn't the light skin you win the um the light skin you the Indian gal won won the winter one? You know what I'm trying to say, like, so, mm. like, that was all too much, yeah, too many yeah. people of colour for once, well, both, what, a clean sweep? Nah, they weren't having that. Plus, all they're doing <laughs> is just sitting down chatting shit on Twitter and they're not voting on nothing. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm. Barely them ain't voting. They're just, and this is what black people do. They just sit in their yard and they cuss, oh, very, ta, 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 ta. It's just, you get what I'm saying? But they're not mm -hmm. supporting, you get yeah. me? They're not doing the boots on the ground thing. And I know yeah. a lot of people probably did vote, but all of you lot didn't. And even yeah. if all of you lot did, you lot would have been outnumbered anyway. So, I don't know what they're mad about. Vicky said the same thing in the chat, man. Firstly, did you guys all vote? You know what I'm saying? Did you guys vote? We're just complaining. Would be no. Yeah, there you go. Because I loved Whitney. Mm. Yeah. Ask me if I voted for her. <laughs> <laughs> did you vote, Mugs? No. What type of vote? What are we talking about? Listen. I weren't that invested. I was going to love Whitney. Come what mate, you get me. But big her up, man. We need mm. to see if we can get her on the show or something, man. Get me, mm, definite, definite. Mm. Um, yeah, so I just guess that, yeah, I guess that's what they want to talk about because I was upset, but I'm not really, I'm not really too bothered. I tapped out a few weeks ago anyway. Do you feel like this is like one of them? Um, this is the best chance blacks are gonna get to, to win for, for that first spot. I don't know because obviously. Mm. We do, we are making progression. You know what I'm trying to say. Like, firstly, when you when that there was a lot of color on this island, mm. you get me, mm -hmm. and people was a bit worried, saying, "Oh, they're never going to do it again." But it produced one of the best one of the, one of the best seasons. You know what I'm trying to say. So they mm. might not be scared to go again. It shows that a bit of diversity mm. can go a long way. You get me. Well, like from whose perspective was it like one of the best seasons? Is it like a all like a across the board type thing, or mainly just like the ethnics? Again, see, I don't know. I haven't tapped into Middle mm. Earth to find out how they really felt. Mm. But I mean, it was entertaining, man. Mm. Like once, come on, man, you can't. <laughs> that hate can't sit in your heart for too long. Once you get past all the racism and whatnot, yeah. whatnot, whatnot, they was watching. It was definitely entertaining. Mm. It was definitely entertaining. It was, and it was even if it wouldn't be like the best one or whatever. It was one of the better ones in recent history in the last couple of years or whatever. Okay. I think everyone should be able to understand that the the ratings was low at the beginning, innit? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they yeah. picked up on it. I haven't, mm. I haven't, I haven't checked, but. Okay. It was all right, man. It was good, but you know, you know, you know the ghettos like. As long as we like it, as far as we concerned, that's all that matters. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say, like, cause, yeah, the streets, streets was rocking with this Love Island, definitely. So yeah, it was good, man. Mm. All right, all right. But I told him I want to see a, um, I want to see a spin-off show. I want the cameras to follow um Ty Tyreek and Ella in their relationship because this ain't gonna go smooth at all. Not at all. Like. Donnie's, what did he say? He's got over 100 bodies at 24. This is his first gal. <laughs> and he's going to come outside to the streets to, to, to all that fanfare. And he thinks, and he's talking about, oh, yeah, we need to live together. Because she's in Scotland, so the long distance thing's already a myth. She needs to mm. move down. Because you, you've done a little time on a little island, you think you know about living with gal? <laughs> <laughs> this guy, oh, my God. Outside is going to hit these men hard. Mm. All them little um, club appearances and that. Yeah, yeah. I remember they've been deprived. They don't know what Leng is. He mm. thinks she's the coldest thing in the world because that's all you had in the yard. Yeah. When you come outside and you see proper good food, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. he's gonna be starving. Ah, uh, I want to see Lohan, uh, huh? Lohan. Uh, no, I'm talking about Tariq. Tariq. Uh. Lockan, Lockan, um, Lockan seems like a good you. He seems like a good you. I don't think um, he has to worry about those things. 
obviously all men are susceptible to those kind of dangers anyway, but I don't think that's going to be at the forefront of his mind. He seems like mm. he's, he, he, he seems like a, um, don't seem like a starving you. But then again, you can't judge a book by its cover. You get what I'm trying to say? These men are going to be going hard outside, you get me, for the next few months, mm -hmm. doing their thing, earning money. Yeah. Their whole life's going to change, you get what I'm trying to say? And they don't know what they don't know, innit? You get what I'm trying to say? That So mm. they can, they're chatting all their shit. Their relationships are going to be in tatters mm. soon. And I want to, I would love to watch the demise. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he don't know mm. nothing. This guy thinks he's a player and that, like, he said he's 24 and he ain't never had a gal. Any man that's 24, 25 and ain't never had a serious girlfriend, you don't know good things. You're not a, mm. you're not outside like you think. You mm. know what I'm trying to say that? Because mm. there's levels and brackets. That means you ain't never had a proper painting. Like, ever. Can you can you explain that, what that means, please? Because when I you're young... I I didn't have a proper girlfriend. Huh? Go on, explain. You got to a certain age. Yeah, yeah, you're not a killer. Oh, oh, is that what you mean? Yeah, you're not a killer, oh. Brent, man. Come on, man, relax, man. <laughs> I don't know who I was. This... <laughs> 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 to be <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> no because most people like Tyreek's a savage innit he does his thing with the gallons all that hundred bodies very rare you, you got to 24 and you ain't had a serious girlfriend you, that means you ain't never had a painting in your life you don't know what you're doing with a gal when you get young some certain like your first few girlfriends are just off looks mm. you get what I'm trying to say <laughs> you get the baddest thing in your area that's my gal you get what I'm trying to say like you lock it down and whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. to never have a girlfriend not have a serious girlfriend by that age then yeah, I don't know what you was doing. I mean, you're just chopping, like, you're just rocking, you're just rocking with the young things and that. And just, yeah, it's just, there's no real experience there. You get what I'm trying to say? Mm. He's not as wicked as he thinks he is, but I'd, like I said, I would love to, ITV needs to just do a spin-off show and just follow them. Because I just need to see how that's planned out, because she's going to cry a lot. <laughs> but he could be a changed man. Mm. Maybe she's the one to make him, you know what I mean? Like, you know, say goodbye to his old ways and that. I don't see it. Maybe for a little bit. Do you, do you feel like you know the whole um, situation that he um, they had uh, where she came back from Castle Moor with some next guy? Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like he's forgotten that, or is that in the back of his head? That's going to be in the back of his head when he's outside doing stupidness. Mm. You know, I'm trying to say that that's where he's buried deep. That's going to be the foundation. <laughs> that's how he justifies all the fuckery he's about to get up to. You get me? Because okay. when they when they get in the argument, they're like, don't remember you first. <laughs> you done it first. You know. <laughs> Or you know like that. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna bring it up now, but it's, it's gonna stay. Then them things that are stored. You get me? When, <laughs> them things that stay stored. When you're having your proper arguments, when you need that, you know, mm. you need that haymaker. You need that equalizer. <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. He's gonna bring that up. He's, uh, gonna, he's gonna bring that up definitely at some point. But again, I don't. I do. I sound like a hater. Like I've got no faith in man. Not really, you know. Not really. Yeah, I mean, I can say what you I know what I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what I know, and they might not even know it, but I can see it, and I can see how this is panning out. Mm. I don't know how long they got. They might be mm. longer than I think, but yeah, trust me. It's going to yeah. be a problem. I guess we wish them the best, man. Yeah, no, we wish them all yeah. the best, man. Congratulations on the success. You get me? Go do mm -hmm. the OK Hello magazine yep. thing and all that. Go get some bread, man. Go get your paper. Wish you Definitely wish you all the best, man. We'd love mm. to see love over here. This is it, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we've got a question of the day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw it out to the room. What is your favourite way to give back to your community? Doing TDA. Ah, uh, I like that. What one. was it before? <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about TDA. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... Probably, you know, um, trying to support 
urbanization, you know what I'm saying? Um, by, um, you know, I mentioned it on the, on the show before. Mm. You know what I mean? Just trying to support the causes, you know, because of the nonsense that's happening back home, mm. which is still happening, by the way. Um, but yeah, but back here, here at home, the best way. Hmm. To be fair, I'm, I'm not too sure, you know. I, I feel like my giving back, this may sound like a bit, a bit of a cop-out, right? But I feel like it was more so the preparation for what I feel like I'm going to be doing. Mm. You know what I'm saying, if that makes sense. So more so just kind of preparing myself and knowing, okay, yeah, cool, this is what I want to do. This, this is my, my dreams, my hopes and aspirations that I feel like can benefit everybody in some type of, in some type of capacity anyway and kind of preparing for that. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, so you feel the community doesn't have any borders. When you hear community, you're not talking about in this particular London, in this particular East. You're talking about just the black community across the world? That's what I was thinking. I, I, at first, I was thinking, oh. yeah, yeah, I was thinking. Why do you go to the world first? How come you don't start from home? But where's home? Wherever you are and wherever your immediate grouping of blacks are, no? I mean, no, but it, it, it starts there, but I, I don't see it as just remaining local in it. So in my mind, um, if there was something that would benefit the local, it would benefit the, you know what I'm saying, the world in the same way. That's kind of how I see it. So you were, let me not push back on this. I mean, your answer to the question to me. What about you, Brett? Mm-hmm. Um... I think, I think each time it is somebody comes in here, right, given a, a good account of myself, um, I extend as much um, help and grace as possible, and expertise as possible. Mm. I keep my word. Um, and I, each time anybody hits me up, uh, whether they've been referred recommended by somebody else that I know I then bring them in and then offer them the same mm. thing so bit by bit I guess you build your community I'm serving up. yeah mm. I hear that yeah, yeah. yeah right. that's what I was doing before you're always done yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. weirdly enough I've always had I've had dreams of grandeur like I've, I've always wanted to basically supercharge it and I don't know Maybe it's my parents. Maybe it, they were teachers, isn't it? So maybe they instilled in me the desire to feel as though I'm part of a bigger piece mm. and to serve that bigger piece well. Yeah. So anything I look to do in my head, it's always how well can I basically turn up for all these people, even the ones I don't know yet. I heard that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that keeps me, even though I keep seeing... Black people don't want to be <laughs> helped at all. And they'd rather stab you in the backs and whatnot. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Okay. Um, have I, how do I help my community? Slammings, man. Just. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you give back here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, take you and here you go. Community need good things. You get what I'm trying to say? Like, you get me the bereft of quality in the community. You get what I'm trying to say? So, uh, 
Tried to give back, man. Just tried to help. You get me? Give back. Do, do you guys see community <laughs> as more so <laughs> where you live or maybe um, race or some other type of thing that you identify with? I think my community would be like... Well, how, am I, how would I describe my community? I feel like I've got different communities. I don't mm. think they're all... I don't think it's all one. So I believe in community in like where I live. You know what I'm trying to say that. So like my neighbors and the people that live in that area, and the shopkeepers, and just everybody from my areas. That's just one. That's just one part of thing. That's just one part of community. I'd like mm. to think if, sorry, if I pretend to any of them, I would try and help mm. them or anything. You know what I'm trying to say? Just to be mm. pleasant and whatever. It's important to have a good community where you live. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, and then there's like my work community. You know what I'm trying to say that? So, like, the people that are in the same space as me, mm-hmm. like, content creators and musicians and that kind of stuff, I look at that as a community. Mm. You get me? And then just, just like, I don't know, just, like, black people as a whole. You know what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, yeah, so I just think that like, there's different things, of commu- different, like, different kind of communities. We've all got our different yeah. kind of communities, kind of thing. Mm. Bro. What about you, Brent? Sorry, what did you ask me? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think community? Thank you very much for the super chat, um, Christy. Big up, Christy. It's it? the first birth- of the month. It's the birthday month, and she said every day she's going to give money. Oh, nice. Yeah. We appreciate it. So, you, what Christy. a way to celebrate your birthday month, innit? Mm. Oh, we love that. It's better to give than to receive, man. This is it, as Vag said. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, what's the question again? Um, when you think community, what's the first, first thing that comes to mind? Is it like, where you live or some particular idea, ideal that you kind of commute, um, identify with? Yeah, I don't think it's where I live. Um, okay. <clears throat> I think it may have been where I lived. Oops. Good morning, caller. Good morning. Good morning. I'm a big fan of the show uh, while I'm live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, um, today's the 1st of August, so I'm just calling in to wish Mars a happy Gregiano day. <laughs> <laughs> what is that, sir? More life, He's more bread. Why was it last year? More crutches. <laughs> yeah, the 1st of August, still. Okay. Less friends, Boom. No behavior to the world and back. Oh, See you later, yeah. Blessings, blessings. Was it actually this time last year? I don't know. It would have been around the same time because mm. the, the gala's next week. Ah, okay. Yeah. You know I mean? So it would have been around the same time. <laughs> um, uh, mm. Thank you very much, Urban TV UK. Everybody go and check out his channel, WAV Videos. Pick up Urban TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what was I saying? Um, I think if it is, I lived. Um, for example... When we moved to Leighton, mm-hmm. that felt like community because all our neighbors were black. Mm. Uh, I think our couple were Greek, but they, uh, that, that feeling of community was present. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 100% I would have called that community, but not anymore. Okay. Uh, is where I live ni- right now? Nah, um, mm. that's a bit disjointed. And then my community is now those who I have welcomed into my particular circle. Mm. And that's who I call or deem community. Okay. So, because there's not, is it is it 
Is it like because there's not enough black people? Or is it not people like does it? I don't think it's because it's black. Because uh, uh, ten years ago, I had a couple Irish neighbors across the road and next to me, mm. and that felt like community because I was over in their backyard all the time. Mm. Um, not me personally, as in I. <laughs> I <laughs> it was my father, and then obviously now that my father now makes the introduction. I could now basically go over all the time. And then they would call me to do things because obviously there's a young guy here. Uh, everybody else is not here. So come and help me. Mm -hmm. So that way I got to know them. So in a sense, yeah, they felt closer to me than, than not okay. closer to me. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. it's not because they're black. Uh, okay. Yeah. It kind of did something like that when, as I said, I was in Leighton. Yeah, it just yeah, happened yeah. to be black and one was a Greek family. Okay. Cool. Mm. okay. Makes sense, makes sense. All right then. Well, that's our question of the day answered. Let's get into these headlines. All right, so our first headline, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak defended this, the decision to grant 100 new North Sea oil and gas licenses. The UK government has set, also said it will support a carbon capture project in the northeast of England. Sorry, of Scotland. Campaigners said that extracting more fossil fuels from the North Sea would send a wrecking ball through the UK's climate com commitments. But Mrs. Sunak said granting the new licenses was entirely consistent with net zero commitments. It comes as the party faces internal divisions over its green policies, such as the review over low traffic neighbourhoods in England, with some MPs calling for a rethink. Mrs. Sunak confirmed support for the ACON project in St. Fergus, Aberdeenshire, on the BBC's Good Morning Scotland programme, then later visited the site. And it's one of four carbon capture projects which will share up to £20 billion of funding. Mr. Sunak said that the announcements would support thousands of jobs across the UK. He said, even when we reach net zero in 2050, a quarter of our energy needs a quarter of our energy needs will still come from oil and gas and domestic gas production. Has and, and domestic gas production has about a quarter or a third of the carbon footprint of imported gas. The Prime Minister also said it made absolutely no sense to import energy supplies with two to three times the carbon footprint of what we have got at home. <clears throat> Second headline. This is a bit... <laughs> anyway, let me get straight into it. Basically, a businessman cheated a council yeah, out of tens of millions of pounds and went on a spending spree with the cash. This is what an investigation has discovered. So leaked documents reveal how Liam... Kavanaugh uh, used the Thoric Council's money to buy luxury goods, including a yacht and a private jet. The council has been has been has been sorry. The council has been made effectively bankrupt after investing six hundred and fifty-five million pounds into Mr. Kavanaugh's solar farm business. Mr. Kavanaugh's lawyers say all the payments were permissible, and they say that um, they were approved by the company's finance team and their auditor as well. But Thoric, which is one of the numbers of uh, which is one of a number of councils that have got into financial difficulties since the coalition government gave local authorities more freedom to raise funds and invest in 2011. Obviously, I, I dispute in that. Woken, Slough and Croydon have all been forced to stop all non-essential spending after losing public money on risky investments. Obviously, it's not the same thing yet, but I remember when I was working in the council, there was one guy who um, pretty much got into this whole fraud thing, innit? Mm. So obviously this guy, I think it was like my first, I don't know, maybe six months working there, yeah. This guy, he was one of the, like, he didn't have a, like a, um, a leadership position, but he was just, like very experienced in it. So he's been in different councils 
for years. So, like, basically teaching a new guy, it was him that pretty much, like, was kind of responsible for that. One day I come to work now, and this guy's missing. Like, he's just not there. Like, oh, what happened to so-and-so? I don't mention his name. Come to find out now, maybe a day or so later, we see um, his face <laughs> floating around in newspaper articles talking about how he tried, to, how he defrauded Elon Council out of, like, 50K, another council out of something else, and another council out of something else. This guy was just going from council to council. He's, hey, a, he's yeah. a legend. I'm, t- <laughs> I'm telling you, because there's there's so many people here, yeah, especially the older the the um the elderly yeah, who be paying um council tax, and they don't need to. Mm. So when they're meant to get their refunds, right, he just directs the refund to himself. That's basically what he was doing. And obviously, because he gets hot in certain spots, that's how he keeps moving then to councils. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of, can't can't teach that kind of experience, man. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. There you go. Nationality was he? Um, black man, yeah, Caribbean. He <laughs> <laughs> said nationality. You said he's black. <laughs> um, all right. So our last headline. Um, basically, every major teaching union has now accepted the government's offer of a six point five percent pay rise, and they voted to end order strikes. So members of the National Education Union. The NASUWT and the National Association of Head Teachers um, voted to accept the deal, which was made based on recommendations by the STRB, which is the Independent School Teachers Review Body. Union members have held eight days of industrial action since February in state schools in England, forcing many schools to close entirely or reduce the number of classes being held. Um, the joint, um, sorry, Dr. Mary Boosted and Kevin Courtney, who are both um, the joint general secretaries of the NEU, they pretty much came out and said members have spoken very clearly and they've done so in great numbers. An electronic uh, ballot of teachers saw 86% vote to accept the offer and end industrial action with a 60% turnout. A ballot of the union support um, staff members in England saw 85% accept the offer with a turnout of 46%. And for those wondering, the NEU is one of the largest education unions in Europe and it represents more than 450,000 teachers, lecturers, education support staff and leaders. The government has said that 6.5% pay award for teachers will be fully funded with 525 million pounds of additional funding for schools in 2023 to 2024 and a further 900 million pounds in 2024 to 2025. And that's it for the headlines. Pick up the teachers then, man. Mm-hmm. Got their pay rise. All right, cool. Let's get into what you say in topic of the day. All right, so today's topic of the day is somewhat related to, actually it's not related to the last headline, but it's just the only similarity is that it's about schools and <laughs> education. <laughs> but I want, like, it sounds, in fact, um, I'll allow you lot to tell me if you feel like it sounds far-fetched. But um, some people actually believe in here that British schools are becoming segregated, that actual racial segregation is creeping into British schools. I'm going to get into it further, but does that sound crazy to you guys? Do you see it as something that's possible in certain areas, perhaps? Or is this just one of them stupid conspiracy theories? Um, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen it like that, but I'm guessing... I don't know if it's done on purpose. It'll just be certain demographics in certain areas are going to be bigger than others, isn't it? Like, mm. So depending on where you go to school or not, there's going to be a majority in there. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. And... Yeah, just depending on the certain areas, you could probably predict what the 
what the races mm. will be kind of thing. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's, I can't say it's done on purpose because they live in the areas that they, they put us, they put us in the areas from, from Quay in it. So mm -hmm. the schools, you can only go to school in a certain area in it. Remember mm -hmm. they changed it. If you're not in a certain postcode, you can only go to certain schools yeah. and all that. So mm -hmm. when you've got different demographics in different areas, that's heavily populated. The schools are going to be mm -hmm. heavily populated. That's just, yeah. But then I guess that kind of speaks to like, for example, maybe some schools being heavily a particular race compared to others, but within a particular school, do you feel like there can be some racial segregation there? In the sense of just making the school all one color? No, like, like, so for example, maybe, I don't know, certain people get taught, like black people get taught a particular thing and white people get taught a particular thing. Or black people use this particular thing at this particular time and <laughs> white people do. Yeah, but again, that will be, that could, <sighs> That probably could. I don't know about the, um, being taught different things. That's just like that's just that speaks to like the inst institutional racism and shit mm. like that, or whatever. So I don't know what they're doing. But the kids, kids will probably get treated differently. Like mm. I think that like, yeah, probably is happening. I think um, the black kids in my school probably got treated a bit differently to the white kids in my school. It was a because we was we went school in Israel, and a lot of the kids. A lot of the black kids came there from from different areas. Came out. It's like mm. we wasn't like it's like we was almost outsiders, almost if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like we was from there. Like that community in that like it felt like white place. It felt like it was their place, if that makes sense. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? We were just seen as like the girl kids. Did did like the teachers contribute to that, or was that more so just like how it felt? Kind of not saying the feeling is not real, but just saying like. You know what I'm saying? We complained to to the school board about the way some okay. about some of the things that was going on. It felt like some of them teachers were racist. Definitely. Mm. It felt like they were teach treating the people of colour different mm. than to, to the white youth and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. What about you, Brent? What do you think? Are schools becoming segregated? Yeah. Or do you feel like if I was to tell you that um some people believe that that's basically where we're going, do you feel like that's a far fetched thought? You feel like this is just some excited people just talking again. As in all black, all white, or predominantly black, predominantly white? Is, or, is that what you're saying? No, like, as in, so it could be that, but also, like, within a particular school, for example, you're yeah. getting differences, you know what I'm saying? People are taught maybe or treated differently based on their race or based on some other identifier. I've been so tapped out of the education system, mm. like, for a while, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know. Okay, well... Let me inform you guys about something, right? Now, this guy, again, I don't know this guy um, at all, obviously. Um, he was speaking to a particular newspaper, and he's talking about his experience, right? So, again, he could be one of these gassed-up people who just talk for talking sake and just worried about stupid crap. But How old is he? This man is, I'm not too sure, but he's got kids in the school. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, he's a parent. So, basically, um, he's a father of two, right? And what he's saying is, and in fact, the primary school is... Um, He's in Muswell Hill, so it's North London, right? Um, that his kid attends. And basically he received the WhatsApp message message, right? And he um basically he said it was sent by the inclusion and anti racist and anti racism group, right? At Coldfall Primary School, right? And this was sent to all year four parents. And basically what it's saying is it invited this particular message, it invited black and black heritage children to join a two hour online session every Saturday morning. So I, 
I'm assuming this guy's white, by the way. <laughs> but hearing that though, was Saturday school an extra extra teaching? Say again, sorry. Sorry, it's like Saturday school. Yeah, yeah. I guess you can. And call it's it that. extra teaching. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. And that's a bad thing. But it's still, it's still, I guess, through the school, and yeah. it's, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. still, yeah, it's still, it's still through the school. It's not so, a bad thing. So, so I guess they can't really take out time from regular. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? Nine to three thirty, Monday to Friday. Yeah. But they want to add something in, but it's only for yeah black and black heritage children. Yeah, I'm alright with that. Why? Why are you alright with that? Because it's 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 extra learnings, no? Mm. Okay. And especially if it is that they need that extra help. Okay. Okay. So he's saying the message explained right that the aim is to accelerate progress in reading and writing, whilst also developing the children's knowledge of black history and culture. And the white person's teaching it. <laughs> no, no. I, I think it's like a like black people from this particular group, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. So this group is called the Inclusion and Anti Racism Group. Okay. Yeah. So, so based on that, and yeah, so basically, the thirty-three it's a thirty-three lesson course, which apparently costs the school four hundred pounds per child, aged eight or nine. Right. It was, it was provided by an outside organization. White children were excluded, regardless of their interest in black history and culture. Ah, is that the angle you're coming from? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, based on that, what does that sound like to you? Is that okay? I'm not trying to put it in there like, oh, good job. Pretty sure you guys will know my opinion, but like in terms of like, do you feel like he has a right to believe that this is the beginnings of this type of racial divide within schools? Oh, so you're assuming his parents white, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's complaining. <laughs> <laughs> he's complaining. <laughs> the service that they're offering is it a positive or a negative? First, whether it's segregated or not. What do you mean? In what way? What in my opinion? Or do you mean like? In your opinion. I mean. <laughs> I'm for um, black people doing for self. So if, the, if this is something that can benefit those black kids and they can learn more about their their black history and culture that, that, that they're not going to get in that school and also keep up their, their reading and writing skills, I'm all for it, man. I definitely believe that black people... If, if it is uh, one of those situations where they're saying that where black people are kind of failing, black kids are failing or maybe below average or whatever it may be, right, then I don't see the problem. To be fair, even if we were excelling... Like, whatever's necessary that could further push us to succeed and have a, a strong sense of who we are, right? I'm all for. But, obviously, I'm black, and that's my kind of thing, my angle. But as somebody who's, I guess, I'm, we're only 3.5% three, three population, right? And this has been done in schools within this majority 80% white country. Can we kind of understand where this guy's coming from? Is this the beginning of those things? Especially if, he, if, for example, he's not one of them white guys who see it as, ah, oh, these blacks are this and that. If he's one of those so-called empathizers who's like, cool, I believe in Dr. Martin Luther King's, you know what I mean, walking hand in hand stuff, right? If he's one of those type of guys, do you feel like he has a right to feel like, why are these people going backwards? Shouldn't we be pushing things where it's like... Pushing inclusion. Yeah. Do Especially you, if it is it's the, the, the sessions that are being held uh, teaching black history, why mm -hmm. not include anyone who wants to know about black history? Mm -hmm. So then maybe it's segregation. And do you, so it's basically, do you, are you of the mindset that it's, it's wrong? Because if there was someone that wasn't black, but they want to they wanna get extra education, they want to whatever, and it's for, for all their purposes, they want to get involved, but they're not allowed to, mm -hmm. so that's wrong, basically. Do you believe that? 
Pers- personally, it's, it's a tricky one, right? And w- where I'm going to take this afterwards, yeah, it will make sense why I say that. But I feel like if you've got your own private school, I feel like you should be able to do whatever the hell you want to do, right? But if we're kind of using the funds of the taxpayers and everything, right? We live in the UK and this, that, and the third, then it's kind of hard to argue that you give this particular group this and the others, you leave them out completely. But at the same time, I also believe if you can afford to, you should somewhat prioritize uplifting a group who is struggling or maybe need to, or something that could uh, help race relations if that's something that you people care about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's not something where I would say, you know what, it's a bad thing. But again, it might be because I'm black though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I'm all for inclusion and diversity mm-hmm. and that. Yeah. And it's like anybody that that tried to sign up for that course mm-hmm. would be interested in it, if that makes sense. It'll come from a place that if you don't, because if you don't want to, if you've got racism in your heart, you don't give a shit about all that. You're not even going to try and sign up in it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if someone, it's like what you're saying. I think, I think, I think it should be open. I think it should be open to everybody because the way you present it, like you're saying, it's for the black kids and it's about black history and extra curriculum, boom, 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 and it's for them, but... To say like, oh, you're not allowed. I think that creates more problems than, mm. than, than, than good. You get what I'm trying to say, like, because nobody ain't, that don't want to be there ain't gonna be there. It's on a Saturday and stuff like that. There's <laughs> so ain't no white people or whatever that's gonna be there. That they're not gonna be forced to be there. It's gonna mm. be because you get what I'm trying to say. Mm. And then it's not coming. That's not coming from a bad place or from a negative place. So then it is just it is just segregating people in it. Like you can have, you can have that that course there and let it be known what it's for. But just in the name of diversity, just progression and whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. Everybody should be allowed to go there, I think. Okay. That's what I think. Especially if it's a Zoom. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> what resources are you using, man? <laughs> but, what, but what if it's not a Zoom? What if it's, you come in and the teacher's there from this particular organisation? Yeah, but even then, what do you get out of it? Because again, I don't think you're going to be forcing white people to go there or people from other races to go there. Anybody that wants, that's going to go there, they want to be there, innit? And it's going in there in the name of education, in the name of learning, in the name of, of bettering yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is and this is what we want, innit? So why why segregate? If there's people like, do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Do, do you believe that certain people should have a right to teach certain ideas that maybe the majority doesn't agree with? That's a slicky soap because then that yeah. that's just you just them ideas could be that suits you, but then once you give that person that do that, then they it opens up to everybody's ideas. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? And then you can't be moaning about people that are teaching things that you don't agree with. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? That you're not allowed to do that. That you that you wouldn't be allowed to do that once you once you jump on board and say, Yeah, boom, 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 boom. Because this is just coming from a selfish attitude. Mm. In fairness, it's like if you're allowed to teach whatever your is, they should be allowed to teach their stuff. Because it's having people gonna be looking at your thing like it's nonsense. Mm. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So once you open up that once you open up that door, then Again, in the name of fairness and equality, then that means everybody should be allowed to teach their things. But then you're going to get people teaching stuff that you don't agree with, and then you're going to be in uproar about it. So then, no, basically. Okay, okay. Well, basically, based on this article and based on what... I'm not sure if it's based on what this particular parent thinks, but he basically thinks this is the whole critical race theory thing that's happening in America, right? When I say happening in America, obviously it's been there since like the 70s in terms of um, the idea and the, the theory behind it. But in terms of actively going into schools and being taught in universities and stuff, it's much more prevalent now than ever before, right? And um, I remember, what's her name? Uh, Kemi Badenoch. 
Yeah. And then she kind of denied it, innit? Yeah. Basically said there's a bunch of nonsense in it. But for those who don't know, critical race theory is basically um, the idea that racism is systemic in national institutions, right? In all areas of life. And basically, um, everything's put in place to maintain white supremacy, to maintain white people being at the top of basically the totem pole, right? Throughout society. Now, obviously, America is different to the UK. Mm-hmm. We know this, right? But we also know there's loads of similarities. But that is an idea that even white people, yes, they probably are Democrats, right? But they're white people who, who somewhat agree with this and see it. Because white privilege is all over the place. It doesn't look like it's going anywhere. And, all, and that, this idea supports that, right, and reinforces it. So if it's a thing where we can kind of teach this particular idea in schools to educate black people so they're aware of what they're up against, but also inform white people so that those that care, those that empathize and want real um, unity, can kind of maybe do something about it also. Is that a bad thing, number one? But number two, if we bring that to the UK, as much as it's kind of established as something that's not a fact, but something that is um, that some people, enough people believe to be true, even though it's kind of denied in this country, if the government is basically saying we're allowing this particular group to teach things directed at black people, because for whatever reason, this is necessary, why would that ever be a bad thing? And number two, why does that kind of set a precedent that anyone can kind of do whatever they want? Isn't that different to somebody just having a crazy idea? Because some of these crazy ideas, right, that certain fringe groups have, th- there's no lecturers teaching this. Like they're in hiding, you know what I'm saying? But critical race theory is bona fide, real lecturers are teaching this. People are adopting it. People, it's in schools, you know what I'm saying? It may not be commonplace in the UK, but definitely in the US, right? Well, at least it's getting there anyway. Is that something that we should kind of be like, nah, this kind of falls into the area of, you know, anyone can do anything? Or is it something that we should adopt? Right, you asked bare questions there. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I just kept going. <laughs> you want to um, say hello to this young man? Yes, 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 of course. We've got a special guest in the building. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> you need to get involved in conversation, young man. You can't just sit What's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it down a bit. All right, cool. We should have we told the people that we've got a guest um, for you guys later, right? Well, two guests, right? Well, one today, yeah. Oh, one. So he's not going to be here today, so it's okay. just me. Okay, yeah, cool. So um, we're going to get into the interview later. But you know what? Yeah, can you do like a quick introduction of who you are, please? Cool. So I'm Raf, um, co-founder of a brand called Temple. Uh, what we do is we create personal care and grooming products for men of color. Um, so yeah, so what you would see if you go to the website now is uh, a range of skincare products. But the plan is to like over time introduce other things. Okay. Uh, so essentially, sort of help men look after themselves. Okay. 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 Well, we're definitely going to get into that further. You know what I'm saying? But, um, but yeah, man, definitely feel free to jump into the conversation. Cool. Um, yeah. All right. So where was we? Um, yeah, you asked bare questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's start again. So, do you think they should bring teaching critical race theory over here? Yeah. Britain ain't gonna like that, are they? But but why not though? That's what I'm saying. Like, cause my my thing is, regardless of whether you think it's real or, or not, right? But it, it is real though, isn't it? No, but some people deny it. Like again, we had Kemi Badenoch, who's a black person. We can't yeah, say she's she less. Just, it's not fair for us to say she's less black, but she's a black person. Right? It is. It's not fair. <laughs> but I mean, just because, like, just because you have, just because you have 
black skin, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean your hair or your care about the advancement of, of black people. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, use it, I use it as a tool. So anybody that's sitting next to the Tories like that and they, they're just used. You just, they're, when, it, when it's um, black, black issues, you go and you stand up and you champion them and you defend them and you say all this nonsense. So mm-hmm. um, you can't just sit here and say, oh, because Kemi Bad not like, what? She ch- the, the reason why I say that is though, like, it's because as we know, black people, like, they of us have different experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And for her, who's made it to how high she is in the government, right? She, it's easy for her to maybe say to people, yes, I had struggles, but I don't think race contributed to me failing in, in life. Because look at me, I've not failed. You know what I'm saying? So in her mind, she'll be thinking, how has, how has the white supremacy done this? You know what I'm saying? So for her, isn't it kind of harsh to, to... What would you say to the people? <laughs> you say it's harsh to kind of say she's not really black, though. Because at the end of the day, all of us have different experiences. No, she is black. She's clearly a black woman, isn't yeah. it? You know what I'm trying to say? that. Mm-hmm. But then when you speak to the... to the, to, to the um, Oh, no, I'll say that. Like my typical, my typical experience as a black man, my black experience and where I'm growing up and the way I've lived, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I highly doubt she's lived like that. You know what yeah, I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. So just being black, okay, cool. There's there's commonality there, but I don't think you're gonna represent me in those in in those places because you don't even you don't even relate. Yeah, you, you, you can't relate. You, you, we came from different places. Like where you are, probably shows that you even came from a different starting point. The things that you would have to do to get to the to where you are is a totally different experience, mm. to, and different opportunities, different things to what I would have had in it. So it's not even just about being black. Like just, you just can't. You're not, you're not, you can't relate to me anyway. You know what I'm trying to say? Because you can't relate to me because my experience is what you've been through. You're not going to go, you're not a representation of me. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? Because again, your mindset's different. When you're talking about the things that you're talking to, I can't relate to. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? So it's not just about being black. Like, you're not, you're not for us. You're not for us anyway. Yeah. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, and because if she was, she would have would have wanted to be some of the people, would have probably wouldn't went over to Labour. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, so, mm. yeah, I don't. I, like I said, just being just being black's not enough. Mm-hmm. You okay. Me? But in, in in terms of like, let, let me let me bring it to you, Raph, yeah. Do you feel like it's wrong to to teach certain things in schools to only a particular demographic? That's basically where this started from. I'm I'm not too sure if you heard the the backstory. Let me let me quickly just tell you some of the backstory, yeah. And basically, this, this came from a parent in school um, who's got kids in the school in North London, right? He received a, a WhatsApp message basically saying um, it was sent by an inclusion and anti-racism group um, at his child's primary school. And they basically said um, they're inviting all black and black heritage children to, to join a, a two-hour online session every Saturday morning, right? And the aim is to accelerate progress in reading and writing whilst also developing the children's knowledge of black history and culture. White people, white children were excluded. <laughs> okay. Uh, do I think do I think it's a bad thing? No. Okay. Um, but I think the UK is a funny place um, where as soon as you sort of explain that situation, immediately I was like, okay, cool. If white people get hold of this, it's going to be flames. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't. It's it's weird to me. It's weird to me when. We try to do something for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You clearly mentioned, okay, cool, this is for them to improve their, their reading and writing, mm-hmm. uh, to understand their history. Why that then triggers another group of people to somehow feel like, oh, you're excluding us, mm-hmm. the, the, the rest of it. 
when there are other situations where we're clearly being excluded, you have no issue with that. So you're able to yes. recognize exclusion. Mm-hmm. It's just it's only an issue when it feels like you're the one being excluded. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a funny topic. Even one where we've kind of like when you read under like the so we've recently started doing like Facebook advertisements for for mm. the brand, and even you read under the, the comments there, and it's just interesting to see mm. um, how some people sort of respond to to that as well. If that message, if that message said that same message went out, um, but it said um, we're gonna um, give kids extra schooling curriculums to help with their reading and to help with their writing and to help with their knowledge of the empire and how great it was <laughs> and money management and this but it's only to the white kids yeah how would you feel would how would it be received would it be received in the same way would you say yeah that's fine because would you be saying that or would you be chatting shit no i'd still be feeling i'd, I'd be feeling a way like oh, okay cool that's that's a bit strange but i think when the the broader context of it is there are disadvantages towards like mm. you know our, our race so if, if there is anything that's gonna dare say it sort of like level the, the playing field then then why not yeah but uh, yeah and no, definitely 100 and i don't think there's no, i don't think there's nothing wrong with that but then a lot of the way these i'm guessing this mix i'm guessing this mixed communities in it mm-hmm. so if that parent feels like my child needs help with, a, um, with their writing and their reading and i would also want to grow up in a society where there's less um, segregation and whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. You get me? Knowledge is power. I would also want them to have an idea of black history and stuff like that. Like, why can't I send? Like, I would want my white kid to come there too, but I'm not allowed. Is that because I, I, like the point I made? I thought I don't think there's not gonna there's there's not gonna be no white people or other people other races lining up to be there that don't that don't want to be there. Yeah. Mm. Do you yeah. know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, they would want to be there. They would be in a name. They would want to learn. They would want to know the rest of the test. So, mm. what do you get out of excluding that? Because ain't mm. if you teaching, ain't it ain't it, ain't it just helping? Mm. If that makes sense for a better society moving forward, even so, I get we need stuff for ourselves, mm-hmm. definitely. But again, I don't think there's going to be people in that room that's going to be forced to be there. Anybody in there is going to be a, a ally, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So then, so what then? Mm-hmm. I can understand from that angle. Yeah. Do, do you do you see it? Um, is it more understandable? Yeah, um, hearing that the school is paying for this. So this is not like the, the, the parents, like the black parents. This is the school is funding this. So it's an initiative. So that's like a government initiative. Then. Yeah. What was the question? What about? So do do you feel like more understanding of of the of this white parents? Um, oh, of, of of his gripes, basically. Yeah. If it's this, because they're paying four hundred pound per child for these thirty three lessons. I mean, again, he's either. He's gonna feel how he feels anyway, no matter who's paying for it. You know what mm. I'm trying to say? Like, and he's, uh, it's, there's, there's, it's either coming from a, it's either coming from a genuine place. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, and it's something that he would want to be a part of, and that's why he feels disgruntled that his kids can't take part in it because he feels in the name of equality we should all be able to do this. Or he's just racist, like kind of thing, and he's <laughs> thinking like, bro, why are these black people getting any special treatment? Like, mm. fuck all of this. So it doesn't matter who was paying for it or whatever was going on. Either way. Regardless of what side of the fence he stood on, he's gonna feel how he feels. Mm. I don't see what would change it. Yeah. Another question, yeah. Do you guys feel again? I, I'm not uh, privy to privy to white people's conversations about you know other stuff in it or about anything. But um, do you feel like nobody complains about let's just say Jewish schools? Mm. Why is it now that okay with black people, for example, is, is a complaint? Because obviously in Jewish schools, yes, they're, they're probably private, or whatever. 
they get taught whatever they want to get taught. Mm. White people are not going out of their way saying, what are they teaching over there? Let's make sure it's inclusive and whatever they're teaching, I'm privy to. Or do you feel like this is different? Uh, yeah, that's possible. yeah, you're right. It's because it's, 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 it's black people, bro, man. I don't even know what to say. Like, it's just always... Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Because that's just the way it is, isn't it? Mm. I'll be, be real with you because you're, you're right. There's, if They wouldn't... Is it true that they um, stopped all like, the Islamic schools and stuff like that? I'm not too sure about that, you know. And all the faith-based schools and like Christian, yeah, ca- see, Catholic and stuff like that. Cause, yeah, because that, that, was, that was what I was thinking. I was thinking like, it's a bit different because you have Catholic schools. Like I wouldn't imagine um, people from Muslim backgrounds complaining about uh, like Catholic schools. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's, that's how I kind of like, looked at it. Like, okay, cool. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Jews, you can, it, it's, it's not just... It, uh, it's a race and a religion, so mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't kind of like put it in the same, the same bag. But a lot of these these Jewish schools, again, I, I do not have the stats here, the facts at all. <laughs> Be but, careful then. <laughs> but I'm assuming, I'm, I'm assuming that in these Jewish schools in the UK, there are no black Jews in there. I'm assuming. So, I, so, so, so I'm, I'm assuming that obviously, yes, you're, you're right. It's the religion that keeps them bound or whatever. But it's also the whole race thing as well. So, you, with the black thing being a race and the Jewish thing, let's just say it's a race, this, that, and the third, like, that would be the parallel where nobody's complaining that um, over there. Because, again, in um, Islamic schools, you'll get people of different cultures Bangladesh, Nigerian, this, that, and the third, right? It's different. Sorry, Catholic schools but are it's not a, it's, there was a, If there was a black school, mm-hmm. yeah, because remember, the whole reason why there's why you've got a voice even saying anything is because of the inclusion. It's mixed, isn't it? If there was a black, if there was a black school, would that that parent probably wouldn't have his nose in that business about what they're mm. teaching over there because he's not involved in it. You know what I'm trying to say? That That's so, true. if it was a black school, just they what he's like teaching over there, he's like teaching. Mm-hmm. The only people that are gonna get involved with and say that kind of stuff are people that are overtly. Racism and stuff like that, mm. and the prejudice rises to the forefront. You get what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, that's what the difference is. It's not, it's not segregated. That's probably why. If there was a black school, they they wouldn't even have a, they wouldn't have a like a leg to stand on to say anything about it because whatever we're teaching over here and we're doing over here, and it is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's what, yeah. so if there was that, then there, there wouldn't be a problem. So maybe that makes maybe that's why you don't hear nothing about the, the the, the Jewish schools because. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. what it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You don't get you don't mix yourself up in Jewish business. You don't know mm-hmm. what they're. That's what, true. You know what I'm trying to say? Very true. So maybe your answer would be have black schools, but then you're going into that's that that wouldn't be segregation, though, would it? Separation. Separation. Mm-hmm. Is there is there is that wrong? Is there wrong see, with that? See, I was just about to ask you because if now, for example, we then said, you know, what, fine, yeah, let's just do black schools so we can actually private and we can teach whatever we teach and um, just make sure it's in line with the curriculum, this you know, the government's um, requirements. Do you feel there will be outrage from people outside of the black community? Of course, not or not on the whole, but there'll but, be there'll be supporters too, though, because it's, it's life, isn't it? I'm trying to think of like the exact. I can't remember what it is. It H HCBUs or something like that. HSPCs, in America, yeah. Yeah. something like that. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not close enough to it to know mm. what the the sentiment is towards those those universities, but but they got made out of necessity. If that makes sense, when segregations, they wasn't letting black kids go to Got schools, in it. Innit? So Got they had you. to go. They had to build their places where they mm-hmm. can, Fair. where they can learn. You get me? That's 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 kind of that's kind of different. Like, but they, I, yeah. So go. On. No, go on. I was just saying, but I could I could easily come out and say, well, 
critical race theory teaches me that no matter what, I'm going to struggle to get to a, a, a certain place in life. So out of necessity, let's teach our own so that we can then go on to build our own businesses, our own this, our own that, so that we can actually be whatever you know we aspire to be. Because outside of that, we're struggling. So I could say that's a necessity as well. Yeah, but those those HSBCs, whatever they're called, they're like mm -hmm. historically, like I'm saying, where they came from. These places, these schools have got history in it, so mm -hmm. they they've been around now. And people can chat all the shit they want. Anybody gets it, gets it, and understands mm -hmm. in it. In here now in England, to wake up today in 2023 and say, yeah, I'm making an all black school. Mm -hmm. That's gonna have that's gonna have different feelings mm -hmm. towards it, yeah, then, it, it than that, innit? It would. Yeah, but but do you think it's necessary then? I think you can make an argument that it's necessary um, because it, it just, I guess it, it depends on your passions and how um, how serious you take the threat against your race if you believe there is one, right? How serious you take it? Because at the end of the day, right, and I'll get into something quickly. Um, with Jewish schools, right, they make sure they teach the, the, the Talmud and everything, right? Stuff that is really important to their, their faith at this time of third. Then after, when they leave at 16, they then go on to advanced, um, what do you call it, uh, religious studies, right? This is important to them. And I remember um, I, I was listening to an interview from, I think it's a head teacher, and he was saying, we've been around for thousands of years as Jews. And the reason why we've been around for thousands of years, right, gone through the hardships um, and we're still here, is because we have such an emphasis on history, on our history, and making sure it's passed on from generation to generation. That necessity there, them taking it so serious, right, is a, is a reason for them to have their schools and the reason why it still exists. Yeah, but it's easier because it's wrapped up in the religion. Judaism is a religion, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, people mm -hmm. keep talking like it's a race, but obviously mm -hmm. you argue, I don't know, don't kill me, there's black Jews and things like that. You yeah. know what I'm trying to say? That? So there, it's different. With black people, we're not talking about a, a, a religion. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, and we're just treating like black people are all the same and they're not. There's religions from all over the place. So yeah. there's, there's Islamic black people, there's... Christian black people, mm -hmm. Catholic black people. So then how do you pick what, you know what I'm trying to say? Because they've got the one religion, even mm -hmm. though people are conflating and calling them a race or whatever, because they've got the one religion, they're all on cold, innit? You yeah. know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. So when you try and, you can't do the same with black people and say black people, because then we're not even talking about nationalities and all that. Like we're so, it's from all across the world, it's all diverse. We're not even all on the same page. We are not even don't have all the same outlooks or nothing like that. We're just all black, bro. You know what I'm trying to say? So I don't know how you can compare it because what are you going to teach? What are, you, what are you going to teach them? Because you couldn't do that if if the leader of the school was Muslim and black and um, there to this day. You can't come trying to push Islam on man. Mm. My mum's Christian. She's going to come and say, yo, what are you not doing? Mm. <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say? Mm. Like, wh where's Jesus in them, man? <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> like, it's, so how do you do it? It's not the same. It's easy to, you can't, it's hard to compare them. The, the reason why I see it as the same, yeah, is because, again, I've never been to a Jewish school. But I don't believe, right, that when they're talking, t teaching the Holocaust, right, that necessarily includes black Jews. Because the black Jews, I don't think, were present in Nazi Germany, right? Mm. But I also don't think they're necessarily, again, I could be wrong, emphasizing the history of black Jews in Africa, in Ethiopia. Because that's not their reality. Like, you know, as European Jews, as um, Hasidic Jews and Orthodox Jews, they're different to the black Jews. Yes, they all say they're Jews or whatever, but... There's a different history, you know what I'm saying? And what they're emphasizing is a, is a commonality within their race as European Jews or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So it's the race element that I think is, is, is pushed more, obviously alongside, because I guess 
they, 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 um, they believe is intrinsically linked anyway, right? But the race element is there at the forefront, has to be, because otherwise you'll see black Jews there too. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Well, the race, yeah, the race is there, but it's tied in with the religion. But again, it's because with black people, there's all different religions. Mm -hmm. What line do you talk? Like, there's no, there's not going to be, we're not going to be in unison. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Because mm -hmm. how? Mm. Like, how do, how do you do it? But, I, in the same way, I guess, you, would, you, you wouldn't necessarily teach from a religion thing. You teach and emphasize the history. The culture, you know what I'm saying, and not necessarily the the religion. Or even if you're teaching a religion, you teach about all the different religions that Black people are part of. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to focus on on the things that are you know the commonalities. That's the only way you do it. Look, this is read out what um Stacy said. Okay, uh, so Stacy said one of my professors at Howard, Dr. Carr. Oh, pick up Dr. Carr. Was a big oh, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> was a big part of starting them. Uh, black schools in Philly that prioritized black curriculum. He had he had fifth graders come to our college class debating text theories from Malcolm X. The most amazing thing I've ever witnessed. So he's still writing. So he's got more to say. Um, but yeah. Um, I want to kind of take it to somewhere else before we wrap up, yeah. Um, and I think we may have a topic of the day on, on this particular idea. But basically... Um, a lot of Jewish schools, faith-based faith -based schools anyway, are basically kind of worried and they, they feel like the government is kind of overstepping their boundaries and further down the line will, will kind of threaten the existence of these faith-based schools, right? Um, this particular thing I was, I was watching was um, on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember the, the, the news platform. But anyway, they interviewed um, this Jewish school in London and basically this new proposal by the government is, is that basically they want every kid who is um, homeschooled to register as somebody who's homeschooled, right? And the reason that is, <coughs> from the government standpoint, is to make sure that all of these kids who are registered as homeschooled meet the government's requirement. You know what I'm saying? Certain levels. And these, um, and they have to make sure it's suitable. So again, this is where the issue, um, this is where the, the, there's an issue because it's like the Jewish schools, for example, in this particular interview, um, they're saying, they're saying, who, who defines um, what is suitable? You know what I'm saying? And, and this is basically the criteria. They have to make sure that, the, that they've got the right level of um, numeracy, literacy, and skills for life in the wider community, right? So this particular school in, um, in North London, I think it's called Hamilton, right? They failed in, in the area of skills for life because they didn't want to teach, um, they didn't pay enough t attention to respecting sexual orientation and gender, right? The government say it's, it's, it's because it limits their preparation for life in modern Britain. Right, what they do typically in this school is they learn the Talmud, right, and then the, um, this is the first thing they do every single day. Then they go into like the core subjects like maths and sports or whatever. But sex education, sexual diversity, that's just it's just not in the school. They don't talk about that at all. You know what I'm saying? And then after that, when they leave at 16 years old, they go on to pursue advanced religious studies, and then from there, they're all taught to get careers, typically in commerce, right? So there's, there's something, there's a plan and structure. And they're basically saying the government, with this legislation, these new proposals, this will pretty much, with time, infringe on what they're doing. Firstly, do you feel like that's a, a big step, right? Because all they really want to do is just get the names of people who are being homeschooled. Or do you feel like there's some legitimacy to what they're saying? The government's within their rights to, to, 
to, to do all that. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, the mm-hmm. education is set for a whole, innit? So if they feel like you don't meet the standards, then... Because obviously all they want to do is produce the workforce of the future and stuff like that, innit? And they're allowed to set their own standards, innit? So as they're saying, if you don't... If you're not meeting the standards that we're going to set, how can you just be allowed to have the same... Like, your, that means your... Um, like, your grades and stuff will be weighted in that because it's different to what the the, the masses, innit? Is, mm. is I think they're. I think they should be allowed to say that because mm. at the end of the day, it's it's, it's their country, innit? It's the government. This is what this is. They're allowed to set the standards that they want for themselves. So if you are trying to do your own thing, but you sure fall, but you but you fall, yeah, you fall short, mm. then they should be allowed to point out and say, well, boy, if you, like you need to be able to get up to standard and all that kind of stuff, all that diversity, the way the world's moving forward, you need to be ready. You can't just come outside at sixteen and be like. Mm. <laughs> You get what I'm trying to say? Like, that, that don't make sense. So it doesn't serve their purpose. So I think they're within their rights to, yeah. to, to say that. Obviously, the school's going to feel how they're going to feel because obviously it's, that's their tradition. That's what they've been doing. And obviously, it's, it's the religion, what it's steeped in and that. But I don't think it's a step too far. I think it, I think it makes sense. Exactly. Like, you are saying, yeah, you are homeschooling kids. All right, cool. You are homeschooling kids, but in homeschooling, and then what? Like, mm-hmm. to, to what standard? Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, then you're going to come out into the, you got schooling at home, and you're going to bring your fuckery from home out into the world, into the wider society, and then we're just supposed to accept it and not know what standard or what level it's at. I hear them. I'm with mm-hmm. them. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, we could turn that into a topic a day, another day. But yeah, man, I think that's it for today's topic. All right. Then let's get into more headlines, yes? <laughs> All right, so our next headline, uh, Trigger Warner here, some sad news. Do you got? Do you guys know Angus Cloud? He basically was uh, played someone called Fez in yeah, Euphoria. Yeah, from Euphoria. Yeah, I've never watched it, man. It's a good show, actually. Mm. It's a bit wild, but... Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, he's passed away, man, at the young age of 25. I saw that, man. Yeah. Sad news, man. Cloud, who played drug dealer Fezco, Fez um, O'Neill, on the teen drama, died on Monday at his family home in Oakland, California. Um, a statement was put out by Cloud's family and it says, um, it is with the heaviest heart that we have to say goodbye to an incredible human being. Um, the only comfort we have is knowing Angus is now reunited with his dad, who was his best friend. We hope that his passing can be reminded to others that they're not alone and should not fight this on their own in silence. So Cloud, um, yeah, was buried, sorry, Cloud buried his father last week, right, according to his family, and was in a battle with mental health. Um, but the cause of death has not been given. Next headline, um, environmental campaigners have called on the government to learn from its own successes after official figures showed the use of single-use supermarket plastic bags had fallen by 98% since retailers in England began charging for them in 2015. So annual distribution of plastic carrier bags by seven leading grocery chains plummeted from 7.6 billion in 2014 to 133 million last year. This was put out by by DEFRA, the Department for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs. Rebecca Powell, who is the Minister for Environmental Quality and Resilience, said that the policy had helped to stop billions of single-use carrier bags littering our neighbourhoods or heading to landfills. The government claimed the average person in England now bought just two single carrier bags a year for major retailers. Ah, does that sound right to you? How many, how many um, carrier bags would you say you buy a year? Buy? Yeah. I'm from a community. I don't pay for <laughs> bags. It's foolishness. <laughs> When boss man looks at me, do you want a bag? Yes. He gives it to me. I, I hate going to places where I've got to pay for them dumbass bags, man. It's annoying. Obviously, in the supermarkets, you can't get out of it. But then again, you can. There's to be teeth in them, allegedly. Allegedly. 
can't get out of the supermarket? Of course you can. Yeah, you can't go on hell. You talking about like Tesco and Sainsbury's? Yeah. yeah. You talking about? We just take them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never paid for bag. Allegedly. Allegedly. No, I've never paid for bag. Okay. Nice. All right. Yeah, no. That's also alleged. Can <laughs> 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 imagine you? I wake up one morning, you telling me, I know you need to pay 5p. You need to pay 10p. You need to pay 15p. Some of them are 30p. That's 30p, 30p you know. No, but I mean, the 30p ones are good bags. No. <laughs> strong, man. Wait, Rose has got some good ones. <laughs> I'm gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah, man. Because of this, it's, it's, it's dropped, man. So, yeah, for those who don't know, 5P charge for carrier bags was introduced in English supermarkets in 2015. And in 2021, the charge was increased to 10P and it extended to all businesses. Since then, the number of plastic bags used across all retailers had fallen 35%. So, that's from 627 million in 2019 2020 to 406 million in 2022 to 2023. And the last headline here, yeah. Oh man, this is this is crazy. But anyway, a zoo in China, right? And it's, it's linked to yesterday's Danai, by the way. So in in some weird way, and it will make sense when I read it. But basically, a zoo in China has denied suggestions from some of its that that some of its bears might actually be people in costumes. <laughs> 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 They've had to come out and do this, you know after photos of the animals standing like humans <laughs> circulated online. So Hangzhou Zoo said on social media that the, sun, that the sun bears from Malaysia are smaller than other bears and they look different, but insisted that they are actually the real thing. An employee who answered the phone at the zoo declined to talk about the bears, but said visits were being arranged on Monday for reporters actually come in and see them. Internet users questioned whether the zoo's bears were genuine after photos circulated, showing one standing upright on slender hind legs. Chinese newspaper. I should have got a link, man. I want to see these bears, yeah, I'm, I'm Googling it now. <laughs> <laughs> so the Chinese newspaper, um, Hangzhou Daily, they came out and said, because of the way they stand, some people online question whether they are humans in disguise. Other Chinese zoos have been accused of trying to pass off dogs with fur. Wow, this is crazy. So basically... <laughs> <laughs> Other Chinese Jews have had have been accused of trying to pass off dogs with their fur dyed and, and, and cut, right, to look like wolves or African cats, while a zoo in Egypt previously denied it had painted donkeys to look like zebras. Can you imagine? I could actually. <laughs> I actually could, to be fair. Uh, it's great we can do this all year long. What's that? What's going on, Brett? Get two for one cinema tickets every Tuesday or Wednesday. Watch the adverts. Oh, here we go. Oh, shit. No, but I mean. Probably that. He has got a manly stance, though, isn't it? That looks real. That looks like a real bear to me. Wait there. What? The creases in the back. That could be a dunny in a suit, though. <laughs> nah, the throat. The throat. <laughs> <laughs> they do look weird, though. But you know the, the dog from yesterday? Yeah. He looked kind of real. Yeah, to be fair. It looked, yeah. It, yeah, I suppose it did, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, anyway, that's <laughs> the end of the headlines. It's time to pay them bills. And then now we're going to get into asking for a friend. No, People Journal. People Journal. People Journal. 
All right, people, welcome to the People's Journal, where I give you the news from an economics point of view. I haven't got much to talk about today, um, just two things, pretty much. Uh, it's been a major shakeup, man, in the way that alcohol is going to be taxed. And basically, from today, it's looking like certain drinks are going to be um, more expensive, basically. The Treasury is saying that there's, some, um, there's going to be some new common sense principles, right, that they're trying to implement. And basically saying that um, taxes being levied according to the drink strength. That's the that's the new thing that they, they want to kind of thingy. So duties will increase overall with most wines and spirits seeing rises, but there will be a fall on lower alcohol drinks and mostly you know like sparkling wine and all that type of stuff. Foolishness. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, so stuff um, like pints and all that type of stuff. That's pretty much going to be the same. Um, but yeah, what they're saying. Um, is there's going to be an additional measure designed to support pubs as well. That's what they're saying. But, yeah, like I was saying, the more stronger drinks, it's just going to be like, pretty much more expensive, man. So I've got to pay more for my Ray and Nephew now? Potentially, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you hate to see it. Yes. Um, another thing is, um, new figures come out suggesting that food price inflation has slowed to its lowest level since this year, man. The price of oils, fish, breakfast cereals, all that type of stuff has gone down. You know what I'm saying? So according to the BRC, which is the British Retail Consortium, um, they're saying that food inflation slowed um, in July um, to 13.4% from 14.6% in June. Overall, shop prices are still 7.6% higher than it was in July last year, this time last year. But obviously, where we are now is different. And um, yeah, it is slowing down to its lowest level since. Um, and to be fair, that's pretty much all, all I have for people's journey, you know? Not much today at all. All right, then let's get into asking for a friend. Gonna do the interview. We're gonna do the interview first. Yeah. Well, let's get into our interview segment. Sorry, people. All right. So, like we told you, people, man, we got a very important guest today. He's changing people's lives, man. He's changing people's lives. Everybody's there saying he's a handsome guy and his skin shining. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> Got a word on the road, yeah? No, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in fact, yeah, Raph, let me um, allow you to introduce yourself again for those people who just, you know, turned up. Cool. Um, so I'm Raphael, co-founder of a brand called Temple. Uh, what we do is we create uh, personal care and grooming products uh, with the needs and concerns of men of color in mind. If you go to the website, what you'll see now is skincare products. You'll see a cleanser, a toner, and a moisturizer that you can buy individually or as a set to start your routine. Um, but the long-term vision is to like, you know, essentially create different products to help men look after themselves. Mm. Okay. I remember when I first came across you guys, yeah, um, your spelling was different, innit? it? It was like, it was temporary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what happened? Why, why the change? Um... So it was, a, it was a really super conscious decision. I think yeah. the way we originally came out with a brand, it felt very, um, it felt too artistic. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. It felt like too far from long-term where I felt like the brand needed to go. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is like, if we wanted to have a situation where we did a campaign with say, uh, AJ or Stormzy or whoever else it may be, I kind of felt like, just looking forward, I felt like they would have to morph into our 
mm. aesthetic as opposed to it just being that they can just present themselves how they present themselves. And I've seen it happen with some of these people when they go and do a shoot with like GQ or Vogue or anything else. And I look at it and I'm like, is that, does this represent who he is on an everyday basis? Mm. And I didn't want that to be the case with, with Temple. I wanted it to be a thing of whether you come from sports, music, fashion, um, entertainment, whatever it is, that if we do do like a collaboration, you can literally just be who you are and it still looks and feels like it's a natural, authentic mm. fit. So, yeah, that was part of it. And then we also just wanted something to be a bit more punchy. Um, that's why we went in that room. Is there a meaning behind the name, Temple? Yeah, so, um, yeah, there's loads of means. I think the first one uh, is your body is your temple. So mm. that's why we went with, with that route. But I think even just like what you think about when you hear the word temple, like you, you think of a place that you would approach with mm. respect or reverence when you, uh, there's also like a, a mental element to it as well. And when you think about like your mind or you point to your mind, you point to your temple. Mm. So all of those things came together to be like, this is the perfect name for the brand considering where, where we want to take it. All right, cool. And, and there's, um, there's two of you in it. Yeah, there's two of us. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. me and then there's there's Adam. Okay. So like who was it like a joint effort in terms of coming up with this idea? Like like what made you say, you know what, we need something? Because your slogan's um for the mandem. Self care for the mandem, yeah. Yeah, okay. So what made you guys feel like like we should do this? Uh so funny and interesting story. So um so me and Adam have known each other since college. We went to graphics design together. Uh he went down the path of actually becoming a, a designer. Mm. Uh, I went more down the path of like working in startups or like um, more commercial roles and that sort of thing. But I've always kind of like started different businesses along the way. So in 2020, <clears throat> Adam reached out randomly and he was just like, oh, I'm working on this project. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that I was working on what today is known as Temple. Yeah. Um, he was working on uh, something more of like a hair care brand. Uh, so then when he reached out to me and he was like, oh, I want to get your thoughts and advice on what I'm trying to build and the audience I'm trying to cater it to. I was like, oh, that, that's that's crazy because I'm working on something similar, but I'm taking the approach of uh, skincare. Mm. So then we just got to, we just got to talking and then it was like, okay, cool. I I have this skill set. You have that skill set. If we put this together, I think we can build something really important. Um, and that's and that's pretty much like how we how we came about actually starting it in like the summer of 2020. But the background to it is um, years and years ago, I used to work like in a, in a retail store. Uh, and what they used to make us do is you had to be clean shaven in the in the store. Yeah, you, you had to be clean shaven. So if you came with any kind of stubble or whatever, they'd mm. literally give you shaving foam and a stick and tell you to go to the bathroom and, and take it off. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I wasn't aware of the fact that if you use like a shaving stick on coarse hair, you'd get ingrown hairs, razor bumps, all, all of that yeah. sort of thing. So I took... The foam took the, the the stick, went to the bathroom, cleaned up my face, and within a few days, I had like ingrown hairs and like it was just mad. Um, and insecurities kick in. You're you're now self conscious about what's going on. So I went into the you know your normal high street retail st uh, stores mm. and said, "This was going on in my face." Two things happened. One, they look at your face and they're like, oh, "I don't really know what's what's, what's going on with you." Like, mm -hmm. don't know what to re recommend. And then even if you try to just look through the products yourself nothing really jumps out yeah. to make it clear that it can help you with with what you're with your what you're experiencing so at that point it was for me and i'm i'm actually just kind of like if i spot that there's a gap somewhere mm -hmm. i'll look for is there anyone sort of like solving this issue mm -hmm. and this was years ago and at the time when i went around looking for a solution and then did a google search i didn't find anyone who looked like me on anything i searched 
So for me, that was like, oh, okay, like this is this is strange. So I just kind of like kept it in the back pocket of one day I'm gonna try to like address this 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 problem this this um, situation because um, I also knew that the market wasn't ready. I knew if I tried to do anything oh. then it just wouldn't work. Like whereas today. Mm-hmm. More men of colour are more open to skincare, looking after themselves, personal grooming, all those different things. So yeah, so when when 2020 came around um, and I felt like I just want to build something new, work on my own thing. And Adam, you know, at, around the same time sort of just reached out and was like, oh, I'm working on this thing. It just felt like perfect timing. And then fast forward, here we are now. Mm. So what's the slogan? Self-care for the mandem. For the mandem, yeah. Mm. What's that mean? That just... Like just all black, all, all men, black men, people of color. Like. I think, yes, yeah, I think first and foremost, we we obviously created it to meet the needs of, of black men. Me and Adam are both black, so it was like, okay, cool. First and foremost, we're gonna build this for ourselves. But I think the more we delved into it and we we realized that like the same kind of issues and challenges that we face, i.e., hyperpigmentation, where's like you get darker patches on your face or ingrown hairs, like it is broader than just black people. Yeah. And I think the 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 thing to to make a point on as well is we've created these products with our needs and concerns in mind, but it doesn't mean that Caucasian people can't use the products. It doesn't mean our white counterparts can't use the products. Mm-hmm. For us, we were just looking at the space and we were like, okay, there's clearly uh, a degree of exclusion where your products have been created or they've been formulated in a way where if we use it, we're going to get a reaction. It's not going to work for us. Whereas we're saying, okay, cool, we're gonna create with us in mind, knowing it can still work for 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 the broader group of people. And I think with the self-care for the mandem, I think, yeah, it's easy considering where we come from, our culture, we instantly know what that means. But when you look at society more broadly, you start to see it is like permeating outside of just ourselves. Um, so for us, it was more trying to connect with the culture as opposed to just trying to connect with a race. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Makes so, yeah. Sense. I hear that. Hmm. So you're saying recently, or is it how recently has it been? Um, actually, Rafa will be able to us. Sees on Dragons then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you want Well done, well done for that first. Appreciate yeah, well done. You, 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 you secured your investment. Uh, funny story that I can tell you, I can tell you <laughs> off camera. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, right, but tell us about that whole experience though. How did you get on it and just wrap it? So... Uh, I think like a year, a year into us launching, so they they reached out to us and were like, cool. "Oh, like we've seen your brand on Instagram. We feel like you guys would be great for the show. We'd love for you to come on, yada yada yada, etc." Um, on that occasion, I I didn't want to do it. On on that occasion, I just felt like we were too early. Um, I felt like I've you know I've watched it a few times. Like I don't want this to be a thing of we're just gonna go mm. on TV and it's a TV moment. Like maybe we'll get scolded and then we end up looking stupid. I was just like, no, I'm not on it. Um, so then we left it, but then they circled back again the following year and they were like, hey, look, we've seen you guys have done more stuff. We've seen that the business is a little bit bigger now. Like we really think you'd be good for the show. So I just thought, okay, cool. Second time around, like. I do feel like we're, we're in a better position. We were still really early, but I sort of just spoke to Adam and I said, look, let's let's roll the dice. Mm-hmm. Like, if we get an investment, great. If we don't, it's fine. Mm-hmm. At least we'll get publicity out of it. We'll, we'll, we'll make more people aware of what we're doing. Um, so so, that, so that's how we ended up on the show. And the, the actually doing it itself... Um, it's funny because a lot of a lot of like obviously TV is TV, but like a lot of what you see on the screen isn't actually what 
the reality is when you're there. So like, just just st- stuff that you think is real isn't real. Mm. So like the elevator, uh, it's, it's not an elevator. It's literally <laughs> like some wooden doors with rope that gets pulled and then that opens up and then you walk through it. Um, so, and then, so, so you have to actually like go up the stairs? Nah, there's no stairs. Everything's one <laughs> level. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're literally just navigating around. Like it's just you're, right. you're just you're in a studio mm. and you're just like navigating through all of these things. Okay. Um, and then yeah, like the background behind the dragons isn't a background. Like it's just you're literally you're you're, you're in a room. Wow. Um, mm. But for us, it was a cool experience. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't. I don't feel like we had a hard time. And and the thing I kept on sort of saying with Adam was, we just need to get through that one one and a half minute pitch mm-hmm. after that there's nothing that they can ask us that's gonna trip us up yeah. they don't know our business better than us so mm-hmm. we literally just needed to get through that that first minute and a half and then after that we were just like we were just chilled out we we're just like okay cool it is what it is whatever happens happens okay dope experience and then you got support from one of the dragons we got an offer yeah well we got we got two offers and we accepted one um but that's pretty much as far as it went okay yeah huh? yeah yeah, yeah. So we got we got we got two offers. We got an offer from Deborah Meaden. Yeah. Um the but the percentage didn't didn't work for us in terms of how much equity she wanted for for the investment. So what, what was your because remember um you guys go in saying what you want, innit? Yeah. What was your initial like what was your asking? If I remember correctly, I think initial asking was fifty K investment for two point five percent okay, of the cool. company. All right. Um, and I was informed by two things. Mm. One, we had already raised a round of investment prior to us going in there. And then two, I just understood it. I was like, I know you guys are going to try to ask us. If I if I don't say the correct thing, you're going to try to say 40%. And yeah, then it's going to yeah. be like, right, we're not going nowhere. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of just like bearing those things in mind, knowing that they were going to push it up. Mm. Um, but yeah, we got an offer from Deborah. Mm-hmm. And then we got an offer from Stephen, yeah. Stephen Bartlett. Mm-hmm. Um, and we... We went with the offer with with Stephen. What was the offer from Stephen again? Fifty uh, k for ten percent of the business. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, after 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 the show, when me and Adam had a chance to really sort of like sit down <laughs> and think, okay, cool, does this actually make sense for us? Yeah. I think. Yeah, nah, it was just like, mm, nah, we're not sure. Um, okay. Oh, so you didn't follow yeah. through with it then? Nah, in the end, in the end, we didn't feel like it was the it was the right mm. thing for us. So, yeah. yeah, but did that have you still got a relationship with Stephen moving forward? Uh, again, this is why I said it's 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 a it's an interesting story for all kind. Basically, yeah, yeah. it's he's like not, he's not listening. Come <laughs> on, <laughs> I think I think um, I think it's TV is interesting because mm. I think you you learn what's done. Basically, it's just an opportunity for you to really sort of assess people's intentions. Mm-hmm. So after something is all said and done, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, cool. What was this for? Was yeah. this really that, okay, cool, you're about this? Mm-hmm. Or was it, mm. it's going to look cool yeah, when yeah. it comes out? Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that we mm-hmm. sort of like peaked and we were just like, mm, yeah, I'm not sure. All right, then. So speak to me a bit about this product and stuff. Like, do, are you, like, do, you, actually, do you actually like... Buy into it, use it every day because obviously yeah. I'm a man. I believe this. I've stuff's... got it. I've got. I've got like a load of it for you guys. I'm not gonna lie. Top in, in certain circles, I'm called a skinfluencer. 
<laughs> okay. Okay, see like, You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, I believe all that stuff's a hoax. Got I, ain't got no, I ain't got no skincare routine. Got you. You get what I'm trying to say? It's yeah. me and God. Yeah. And water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And I wake up more time glowing. So I'm yeah. saying like, this is, how could you improve on greatness? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what, this, what would this do for me? Talk to me about it, man. Do Talk you know, about it. So first, so first thing is like, look, some people are going to just be blessed with great genetics. So they're not going to like have as many issues as, as you know, somebody else. Mm. That being said, there are genuine concerns and issues that some people will face that our products can help to address. Mm. So, for example, there are like one of like the really uh, obvious ones, also based on my experience, is just like ingrown hairs, razor bumps, which a lot of guys at some point will face. Like mm. whether whether you use a sh- uh, a stick or you go to the barber shop and use clippers, and and and, and that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that does cause insecurity, and mm. and there aren't that many products on the market to address it. Mm. That being said, there is a standout ingredient that when you do the research, you will find that time and time again, they're saying this is a great ingredient to use to help address it. And that ingredient is salicylic acid. Mm. So don't be alarmed by the fact that it says acid in in the name. It's not not anything crazy. It's not going to burn up your face or anything like that. It's actually quite gentle on the skin. Uh, So what we did is we included that in our cleanser. Um, But then what we also did is we included it in the toner as well. Mm. Um, So it's kind of like... Uh, I guess it's a it's a double helping of you know addressing that mm. that in a particular concern. The other thing is um, hyperpigmentation. So like, if you've had any kind of like, you know, cut, burn, sting, any anything that may result in scarring on your face, you will notice that when that healing process starts, or even like acne, when that healing process starts, you may find that there are areas of your skin that come up darker than other areas. Mm. Um, that as well can cause insecurity and, and, and be a reason for people to sort of feel like a way about their skin. So again, the ingredients that we have in our products, i.e. stuff like niacinamide, uh, which helps with that and helps with brightening the skin, um, are you know things that <clears throat> scientifically proven, there's loads of studies on them that will help to address these concerns. And these are all of the things that we, we took into account when we were formulating our products. Mm. It was like, these are the key concerns that we wanna make sure we address what are the best ingredients we need to put into our products? And on top of that as well is you'll find that there are loads of products on the market that will say, oh, um, you know, hyaluronic acid or this or that or whatever it, whatever it may be. Within the industry, what you can do is you can put enough of a percentage of that ingredient to claim it okay. on your marketing, yeah. but mm-hmm. then it may not be enough for it to actually be effective. Mm-hmm. What we did with all of our products was we're not going to do that. If we can't put it in to the extent that it's actually going to be mm-hmm. beneficial to the user, we're just not going to have it in there. Like, so you say a lot of work went into getting the formula right. and Yeah, when I, like it took us like over a year, like over a year and a bit, like a lot of time, a lot of speaking to like dermatologists, experts in the space, trials with it to finally get to this mm. place. So. Are there real disadvantages and neg- like to like using, like I use shower gel, body cream. Yeah. I mean, whatever, my, my I got one cream and one yeah. shower gel, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's everybody. Yeah. For everything. Yeah. Yeah. For my arm, my face, for my yeah. foot bottom, everybody. It's the same, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. Is that is that is that actually bad for you? Uh sure answer, yeah. Because for example, there are there are there are ingredients that and, and there are things that can be put into shower gels. Uh well, first things first. Your the skin generally for your body and the skin for your face is is different. Um and then if you're using 
shower gel on your face, which may contain things like sulfates, which can be really drying, and then you're using it on, on, on your skin and your face. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but then when you actually finally like dry off, you'll notice that your face is like really tight, tight. And, and like if you smile, it kind of feels like mm -hmm. it's stretching out. So how would you explain I've been thriving for so long? Bro, genetics. Genetics is saving you. But this is the thing. This is no, the I'm thing. Playing, I'm playing. It's, it's, it's busting you now and touch wood, like, you know, things will just be blessed. But it's like, it's later on yeah. when, you know, the aging sort of, you know, stages start to kick in that it's like, all you have to do is look at Pharrell. This is a guy who's been mm -hmm. saying, okay, have a skincare routine. But this guy looks like he just, he just refuses to age. Yeah. And these are like the benefits of having like a skincare routine. So it's all good and well now, like... Us being like, oh, no, I don't need it. Da, 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 da. But, you know, when we start to knock on it, it will make a difference. I think there are levels that you can reach that you ain't touched yet, bro. You reckon, yeah? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> it's the skin food, yeah? oh, I've got these goggles. I've got to give these other men a chance to breathe, man. <laughs> like, you know what I'm trying to say? I can't try to monopolize the market. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <though. laughs> but, you know, like, like you said, um, a lot of time went into actually coming up with the formula and stuff, yeah. What is that process actually like, though? Do you have to go to, like, uh, where do you go? Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, for us, the first thing, the first thing was, like, <clears throat> just a lot of independent research. Okay. Um, so, in terms of product development, that's pretty much, like, mm. my bag. That's this thing that I was like, okay, cool, I'm super into this. So, a lot of it was me sort of just, like, looking into that myself. Uh, and then after that, it was validating my thoughts and findings with actual dermatologists, actual experts in this space to understand, okay, cool. On a real, like, molecular and scientific level, mm -hmm. like, what what do I need to do and what do we need to, like, keep, like, take into consideration? What can be used? What can't be used? What are mm -hmm. the misunderstandings to make sure that we get this completely right? And then after that, it was then, okay, cool. We have knowledge of like what it is that we're trying to create, uh, the ingredients that we want to use for it, a rough idea of like how it's going to be formulated. And then we then found like our contract manufacturer. And what they do is they basically deal with sourcing all of your raw ingredients, mm. um, running like tests to make sure that it's going to be stable uh, on its own, the actual formulation on its own to make sure that's going to be stable, but then also to ensure that it's going to be stable with any packs or the packaging that you use that also has to be put together and made sure that that's going to be stable. Mm. And then we also, like, we work with um, a cosmetic formulator as well, and she's got, like, decades worth of experience, um, woman of colour. Yeah. So she fully understood what we were doing, and she was also there as well to advise us okay. along the way. So even though we've spoken to dermatologists, even though we're working with these contract manufacturers, she was also on side as well to be like this percentage that they're trying to put into this thing, don't yeah. do it that way because yeah. maybe they're trying to do that to save costs or, or to boost profits. Da, da, da. Yeah. So it was like the whole way through, it was us making sure, now nah, we need to make sure we get to the best products possible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that that was the process. You mentioned um, like costs and stuff, yeah. How much was that? How much of that was in your mind when coming out with this product? Because I'm assuming it's not the cheapest thing on the market, right? Mm. Because obviously you care about the quality. Mm -hmm. How did you draw that that line where it's like, okay, th this is affordable for for the man them, mm -hmm. but it's still something where it's like, I'm not using the cheapest ingredients, and you know what I'm saying? Um, we're not the, we're not the cheapest on the market, but that's only because like that's if you try to compare us to like maybe the likes of, let me not even say any brands, but like <laughs> if you walk into a supermarket yeah. and you just find you know mm -hmm. 
um, that might come in at like five pounds or whatever it may be. Yeah. So yeah, we're not we're not in that in that ballpark, mm-hmm. um, but we're still very affordable, especially yeah. if you if you compare us to like some some of these these. Do you know what? Yeah, there's some brands where like they they slap a crazy price point on their thing, and I'm just like, this is nuts. Because when I look at your ingredients, yeah. it's no different to like what someone else is doing. But anyway, in 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 our case, I kind of went into it knowing that there's a certain price bracket that people are willing to sort of pay for for something like this, and that's because before we launched anything, me and Adam were sending out like loads of uh, surveys to people okay. to understand. Um, what do you need? What are your concerns? How much would you pay for this? Yada, yada, yada. So we took that to our contract manufacturers. We took that when we we're talking to our cosmetic formulator as well to say, this is the product that we want to create and it has to sit w- within like uh, a, a price point that allows, well, a, a, cost point, a cost point that allows us to sell it at within this, mm-hmm. this price point. Do you find people respect the products more if it's like at a higher price point? Yeah, I guess like looking at society broadly, yeah, you'd assume so. It's, it's funny because there was even like that funny video recently where they created like this fake mm. footwear store yeah, and yeah, they made yeah, it, yeah. and people were like, oh, maybe. I think in our in 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 our instance, um, it wasn't even a thing of like trying to make it expensive or anything like that. We we were literally just like, okay, cool. We have to price it in a way that actually makes sense. Um, we probably could have charged more, but f- f- the, the thing with me and Adam is like, at the end of the day, we have to build something that allows that if we weren't the founders of this, would we buy it and would we be able to afford it? And I think the key thing as well is like, when you do buy the Temple products, you get like two months usage out of it. Uh, I think if you're gonna buy the full set, if you buy it as a, as a one-off, it's like 54 pounds. But if you buy it as a subscription, it reduces down to like forty-five pounds, and over the course of the sixty days, it works out like less than a pound a day. So, we're not actually like, you know, charging anything uh, ridiculous for it. Um, so yeah. A couple of women have asked if they can use this. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think that the the key thing is is it's just the fact that we identified that. Men of color as a demographic is 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 being overlooked by the industry. Mm. The same way women can find products that contain hyaluronic acid or, um, you know, uh, you know, ceramides, which is which is in in our moisturizers, it's the same thing. It's the like they can use it as well. It's just we particularly wanted to speak to an audience of people who have been like overlooked and ignored mm. for like a really long time. And, and when you actually went to like the dermatologists and all these um, people with experience, you actually made it clear to them that like. This is gonna be directed at pretty much black people, uh, to some degree. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the term we used was like melanin rich skin, okay. which is okay. like a, a spectrum. Yeah. But yeah, we, we we definitely made it clear to them. Because mm. because I, I was just <coughs> thinking about like um, it's not exactly related, but um, you know how um, for example, certain conditions present differently on black mm, people than they do yeah. white people, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So I was just thinking, in a similar way, like you're saying, we have certain issues like the hyperpigmentation and and maybe just other things that present differently to us that's, that surely, not surely, but the product may address because of those particular things, because it's for us, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So obviously, yeah, you're, you're pretty much saying Can that. the women's sons use this? Adolescent boys? 
Yeah, we've had we've had parents uh, contact us um, with like teenage sons. Uh, what what I say though is because they're going through puberty and like a lot of things are going on, do a patch test first. Okay. So what you can do is you can take the product and you basically like put it behind the air or you put it on the inside of the elbow mm. um, and just sort of like assess it over like 20, 24 to forty eight hours and sort of just see how the skin responds to it. There shouldn't be any reaction. Like we formulated this with sensitive skin in mind, but just do like anything you know crazier things have happened so just like do a patch test just to make sure um and assuming that there's no reaction or they don't feel any kind of like irritation then yeah it's a green light to go ahead i'm shook i'm always like if it ain't broke don't fix it so because like i see a man live his life normal then try go vegan then pop down you know what i'm trying to say <laughs> like because because you know what i'm saying his body's not used to all that like obviously like where the water and god's been serving me so well yeah i'm thinking if i start adding foreign bodies now i'd like to try and improve it but then i mash it up because mm. i break because i break this this you know what i'm trying to say yeah <laughs> do, do is you know, that possible do, so the only thing the only thing that you may notice is your skin may go through a process of purging and okay. um, essentially purging is like where yeah, you know, you'll notice that like some people identify it as a breakout. It's not actually a breakout. It's just that your skin is purging like uh, toxins, and and because of the actives in the product, your skin renew, uh, your cell renewal is is speeding up. So that's basically what. But if you if you if you ride it out, you will find that like that will clear away, and you will start to see the benefits. Um, one of the people like a close uh, a close example is um, so Chucky, who like we we sort of like have a, a relationship with. From the uh, from HC, he was also like, oh, you know, he just used, you know, mm-hmm. shower gel, soap, whatever it is, cocoa butter, blah blah blah, whatever it is, and we were just like, okay, cool, take the products and just try it, and we just left it with him, and then he came back and he was like, yeah, this thing is is certain, and people around him mm-hmm. were the ones that confirmed it to him. It's one thing you sort mm-hmm. of like feeling like something's going on, but when other people around you are like, mm-hmm. yo, did you do something different? So that's what I would say. So it's all good and well now. Like, yes, you know, God's doing you nice. <laughs> Take the products, live with it, and then let us know. Let us know what's happening. All right, then I'll try that differently. You know how, um, is it one of those, obviously I'm trying to not make it sound some type of way, but like, um, you know how like a lot of these products, they say, oh, wash your face twice a day and all that type of stuff, yeah. Obviously a lot of people are not used to that, right? Mm. <laughs> like, Getting into the routine of that. If if you didn't wash your face twice a day and do the whole cream before bed and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Firstly, is creaming your face before bed actually a good thing? reason why I'm saying that is because wouldn't that just make your skin more oily? Or am I completely off? So, like, if you're going to wash your face, I mean, in our case, it's different because our, our, so our cleanser doesn't... Some It depends what you're using. Some cleansers will strip, oh, uh, right. like, your skin of, like, its natural oils and stuff. So... Okay. In that instance, you don't you don't want to go to bed with like a dry, yeah. tight face. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd, like applying a moisturizer, it's mm-hmm. just like it's and it's it's hydration. Like it's just mm-hmm. it, that's the best way to look at it. You're just hydrating the skin, the skin. Mm-hmm. like you're just restoring that hydration back into your skin that you may have like stripped out. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like forming a routine, it really doesn't take that long. And I think one thing we've done as well is like. <clears throat> Yeah, there are free products, you know, but you could just buy the cleanser and the moisturizer. Okay. That in itself would still be just as fine and, and would do it. If you're short on time, mm-hmm. you can just do that. And and just 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 like combine it with what you ordinarily do anyway. Mm. So like you're gonna 
you know, I'd, I'd hope everybody wakes up and showers in the morning and brushes their teeth. You would hope, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the same, the same time you're doing that, just keep in mind. Okay, cool. Do that quick. Yeah. You know, use my mm. cleanser quickly, and then before I head out, I'm gonna, you know, mm-hmm. put a moisturizer on my face. If you can do it with a bar of soap and cocoa butter, there's no reason why you can't do it with actual skincare products. And then before you're going to bed, again, I would. I don't know. Maybe mm. this is just me, but I shower and brush my teeth again before I go to bed. Mm. And then same way, it's just like you're in the bathroom anyway. The products are in the bathroom. It's not. It, it's within eyeshot. It shouldn't be difficult for you to just reach out and say, "Okay, cool. Let me quickly mm. use my cleanser, my moisturizer again." So I think it's just like combine it with stuff that you're doing normally mm. anyway. Um, instead of feeling like, "Oh, now I need to add this extra step," it's just like oh, it's just yeah. part of the, the day to day. I think I'm. I think I'm sold. Yeah. Maybe it might, it might make me a believer still. I'm gonna try it because, cause mm. why not? For real, you get know what I'm trying to say. If it's, if soap and cocoa butter has been, then what's what's the hardship? It makes yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. But um, I want to know a little bit more about about yourself. Can you tell mm. us? Because obviously, there's a lot of ladies in the um chat. No, like, tell us a bit about like your background, ethnicity, where you grew mm. up, areas raised in, them kind of things. Before you jump into that. Uh, do you ship to the US? A couple of our listeners. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ship. We ship to the US. Um, how long does it take? I think it takes like five, between five to seven days. But yeah, okay. we ship to the US. Yeah, okay. US, uh, UK, obviously, and then Europe as well. Okay. Uh, my background. So, uh, Nigerian parents. So I was I was born and and raised in uh, the UK, East London specifically. Born in Newham General, but I've always sort of like identified as Nigerian first. Okay. Um, it horns back, man. I'm thinking that. I was thinking of the jump. Sorry, sorry. Um, but yeah, so grew up, grew up in um, Newham, so like Cannon Town, Plaster, um, and then when when we well, when I was fifteen or sixteen. My mum wanted out of Cannon Town. Mm. Yeah, she wanted out. So you... She was like, "Okay, cool, let's One go get." Uh, she was like, "Let's go, let's go get like um, house, garden, blah blah blah, yeah. the rest of it." So we ended up moving to Raynham in Essex. Okay. Um, and then I did, I did college there, but school was all in like East London, so Tower Hamlets, um, all of that sort of stuff. And then yeah, did did college in Essex, and then. Yeah, for me it was just like yeah, but London, London, East London is where I want to be at. So yeah, after I did all of that, I just came straight back again. Real East Sider. Hello, caller. How you doing? What's up, guys? How you doing? All good. good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Black Rob. Quick question. Um, um, I, 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 I actually saw the dragon then. Uh, congrats on that, by the way. I, sure. Yeah, but also I want to ask. Okay, so let's say the product does really well. How do you future-proof? Because I've seen this happen with um, Tristan Walker in the States with Bevel. All right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like it did really well, and then it got bought out by one of these big conglomerates like Unilever or PNG. So it's like if your product does really well, and then you can for is there every sell to like a big organization, or do you want to keep it? Because what I've seen is that when you get sold to like a Unilever or PNG or whatever, then um, they end up um, buying products in one exclusive uh, to the market, and they they strip away the goods because they want to buy Got you. I think I think I I think I caught 
uh, what you're asking. So like, how do we future-proof the business and the formulations going forward in the instance of us being acquired by a bigger conglomerate? Yeah, so that it can still be the product that you want it to be, even if it, it do you want it to get acquired or would you want to keep it in our system? Organization. Yeah, so I'm the I'm the kind of person I literally I I try to take care of what's what, like take care of what's right in front of me. I think if I think too much about like being acquired by PNG or Unilever or whatever else it may be, um, it's really easy to sort of like get lost in that. Um, yeah. I think yeah, of course. Like let me, let me let me not try to pretend as if you know we're not we're not trying to build a business to eventually sort of like realize the value of it. But I try to stay grounded in what we're doing on a day to day basis. In terms yeah. of future proofing what, what happens moving forward, um, I think there are actually like examples of people who have who have been able to do that. If you look at like uh Sheer Moisture and what and what they've been able to do, they've been able to like still maintain like the efficacy of their products going forward. I think it just okay. it's one it's one of those things that if you're getting acquired, like those are um those can be you know, conversations during that process where it's like, okay, cool, you want to acquire a business, what are your intentions for our products moving forward and what kind of um, guarantees can you put in place that this isn't going to be some, you know, this isn't going to be a completely different business or our formulations aren't going to be completely different in years to come because yeah. you're trying to sort of like make make an additional profit. Um, but yeah, of course, that's something that we'll, we will keep in mind and want to keep in mind in the instance that we, we get to that to that, to that place. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, it's never, it's never too early, you know, because it looks like a good product. So it's like, obviously, yeah, Thank but you, it's always it's always good to like support a, a business. But it's always a shame when you see them um, get into other hands and then everything that that was unique about it changes. But yeah, no, thanks for the answer, man. No, it's calm. Thank but, you. Thanks for that, thanks Black Rob, man. Shout out, Black Rob. Is it important to you to have? To, like, are you like? proud of having like a black owned business and important that, that, that is black owned and stuff like that or do you just uh, like you are black anyway and this is your business and that's 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 your baby anyway so you're still going to feel the same way anyway or is the blackness tied to it something that's important to you it is important to me and i think uh if i'm being completely honest like the timing of me wanting to start temple when i did was because i was like if i'm being completely frank i was like i want to work with us i want to work with us i want to build for us i want to interact with us like, if, uh, if you know, when we eventually get to that point where we're able to hire people, I, I, there's so many times you go to a Teams page and you're just like, rah, we're, we're, we're really not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, like, why 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 is that not there? Like, why is that not the case? And I think at the time, so I was actually working, um, I was working at EY at the time and I had this funny moment at work where I was just like, I come to work and like my colleagues, like, you know, white counterparts, they come to work and work for them is like they're with their boys and their girls. It's just like it doesn't it, it feels like an extension of their social life where like, right, you don't really come to work and make real friends. <laughs> Whereas for me, I was like the only time I've ever experienced that was one company I worked at where it was legit a diverse team, like loads of black people, Asian people. There were white people as well. But that was like, OK, cool. Like. I've actually made friends here. And I was just like, right, it'd be mad interesting if what is me being the minority in this working environment was flipped and it was actually like, no, the majority of us kind of like all look the same. So that for me was like a motivator to be like, I want to build something where I can literally bring my whole self to work and I can talk the way I want to talk at work and wear what I want to wear. And I don't need to run off at lunchtime because I need to recharge. Um, I can just be like, 
in in my element with with the people that I'm around. So yeah, it is it is important to us. It's really important to us, and it's it's the reason why we make the culture such a like obvious part of what we do. Like if you go to our if you go to our Instagram, you watch like the content, the videos. Like we recently did a, a routine video, and um, we reached out to um uh, uh one of the guys, Oscar, who's part of like a group called Mini Kings. And I was just like, yeah, we want to use your song because it just it fits. Like we we want it to be obvious that this is like a cultural thing. So yeah, it's super important to us. Obviously, it would be difficult starting up a business and making a new product in a space and all that kind of stuff, regardless. Anyway, mm-hmm. but do you notice any like difficulties that you think are because you're black? I think um, probably just the funding part. Um, and it's like it's funny because we have been able to like get access to funding but then I still feel like in comparison to what like the the access that like other other groups will will get access to um, that's 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 the one part where it's like "Mm, okay that's that's the challenge because for the most part we don't like initially when you start your your business and you want to get like that first bit of funding to get in and to like you know really get things going you might have someone who says, ah, oh, I went to go speak to my uncle and he gave me a little 50 racks or da-da-da, whatever. We don't have that, like, or, or, or not 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 yet. Yeah. I think our generation is definitely changing that and, and, and with years to come, like, we'll see more of that. But for right now, it was like, that was the one thing that felt like like a challenge. Um, I think with anything else, like, <clears throat> I can't say we've necessarily experienced any major difficulties because we've just been so locked in with us and by us I mean like our community that we haven't really sort of like been in any sort of spaces where we've felt like we've been held back by what anyone else is doing we've just been like look okay cool we we, we made this for us and we're going to find a way to talk to us uh so with that like things have things have just been yeah we always say we're having fun and it's because like we're just we're just enjoying the process so yeah all right then that's dope do you think you could like could you share like some of your some of your goals for the business, like mm. short term or long term or whatever? Like, what's mm. what are you actually what are you trying to go with? Um, <clears throat> short term, we want to expand the range. So at the moment, we've got three products: cleanser, toner, moisturizer. Um, I'm doing a lot of like <clears throat> research and conversations with our customers to find out what do you want to see next, like what products you want us to launch next, even to the extent of like what completely new category do you want to see us launch next, like. Do people want us to start doing bed products? Do you want us to do hair products? Do you want us to do body products, i.e. shower gels, lotions, etc.? So that's like the short-term thing. Medium-term, I think for us, um, accessibility is a big thing. So getting into the retail stores. So that experience that I had going into a store and it's like there was nothing there for me, we want to completely like change change that narrative and make sure that people can walk into a store and have the confidence that, okay, cool, there are products there to, to, to address this for me. And then long term, yeah, it's just like uh, our thing is like the the ambition is global. So I think it's all good and well that we're sort of like making uh, tracks in the UK. Obviously, America's a huge market. Um, Europe is another big market. Um, but I actually think that there's a there's a huge opportunity in Africa. It may not be like in the same form that we're doing it now with e-commerce, but I think there are definitely like wholesale opportunities there. So yeah. That's that's like where where we're at in terms of our goals. I love the vision. Appreciate <laughs> it, man. Um, oh, I was gonna ask you something. Um, can you actually get the product in stores? 
Not yet. Okay. Cool. Not yet. Um, there's a few sort of like collaborations that were we've we've got lined up that we'll be able to sort of like announce uh, a little bit later. But for right now, yeah, like everything is uh, almost exclusively available on, on okay. our website. Beautiful, beautiful. And what's the website again, please? So it's www.tmpl.care. So yeah, okay. temple.care. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, we tend to ask um, every guest that comes here a couple of questions, right? Tell us something that nobody knows about you. It don't have to be heavy. It could be a no. I'm just yeah. I'm just trying to clock because more time I'm an open book. Uh, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. Don't, don't only, say only you don't use the product. <laughs> um, damn. What does nobody know? Um, maybe. Oh, this is rubbish. But like, yeah. So Nigerian, if you're Nigerian, that you'll you'll be aware of like the different kind of stews. Sometimes it's chicken. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. beef. Sometimes it's fish. I cannot have fish to you i'm not on it won't have it like my mom if my mom makes a trust offer it i'm like listen at this point you should know that that's not my lane <laughs> um, and i think i'm 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 pretty certain that it's because the fish that we use i'm not even sure which kind of fish it is but like you get like the little bones yeah yeah and i'm convinced that like the reason why i don't like it is because maybe i was young i was force fed this fish to you i got some of the fish a bone got stuck in my throat <laughs> And from there, I was just like, nah, I'm not on it. Yeah, trauma, mm. so I'm mm. not on it. So, yeah, that's. I wish I wish there was something more interesting to say other than that, but, yeah. Nah, that's interesting. My, my brother's exactly the same way, man. Got you. They, no, they, no also, um, they also want to know what tribe are you from? Oh, Yoruba. Uh, that had to be the yeah. best tribe. He's, he's, he's a visionary. Yeah. <laughs> that had to be Yoruba. Can we have another home for the Yoruba people? <laughs> Thank you. All right, would you, would you class yourself um, Yoruba demon? Nah, man. <laughs> it does, it the re- and the reason why I hesitated with that because I was like, we get yeah, such a bad rap. The PR, it. nah, the, P- so the PR is <laughs> crazy. Because the thing is, I feel like anytime you mention Yoruba, you know it's coming. So when it landed, I was just like, wow. Even in what I thought was a safe space, we're still, we're still, we're still, we're still throwing that out. Um, but yeah, nah, man. We 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 get we get a bad rap, but I mean, this is gonna sound a bit mad. I I personally feel like. Nigerian men right now are like the taste of the moment. So regardless of whether you're an African woman, Caribbean woman, Caucasian, whatever it may be, you've you've come across a Nigerian guy at some point. Some of you have good experiences. Some of you have bad experiences. But by the sheer fact that so many of you are dealing with Nigerian men, everyone's got a story. So because of that, that's why we're getting bad PR. At one point, it was men from a different country yeah, it is what it is, but no, nah, not not not. Yeah, nah, thank the, you, the, man, because the Jamaicans was catching a lot of heat. <laughs> so I appreciate you guys stepping up and carry, carrying some of the load. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, cool. And just um, finally, have you got like um, like a life lesson or a piece of life advice we can you can give to our audience, to people out there? Something that you feels a bit poignant, you know? Mm. Or even just some advice, some up and coming new businesses whatever see I don't know I'm not I'm yeah I'm not really like a big advice person but I think 
it's funny. Like I think people will see what me and Adam are doing, and they'll and they'll say, "Oh, you guys, you guys are brave." Blah blah blah, and the rest of it. And I and I feel like it's not that this isn't scary. Like you definitely have days that are scary, and you're like, "Oh, is this gonna work? Is it not gonna work?" Blah blah, blah and the rest of it. I think <clears throat> the thing I'd say is like, yeah, feel the fear, acknowledge the fear. It's it's fine. Fear is normal, and just do it anyway. Mm. Like <clears throat> every day, every day of what we do, like there's there's an element of fear, but it's like you just have to just push through and just do it. Just roll the dice. Mm. That's the main thing. Just just roll the dice. Um, and if it works out, great, amazing. If it doesn't work out, then it just that just wasn't for you, and that's okay as well. You're getting closer to what will be for you. Mm. So yeah, just roll the dice on stuff and um, see see what happens. That's dope, man. That's yeah. a, it's been a good interview, man. Thanks for having Appreciate us. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Appreciate you just want to give out your socials one more time so people know where to find you or your website or whatever it may be. Yeah, so the uh, the website is www.tmpl.care. Um, Instagram is tmpl underscore care. Um, so yeah, those those are like the main the main ways that you can you can catch us. I don't want your kiddies. We're gonna talk off camera. I'm gonna see if I can get a little discount code for you. Like we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna see. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be in the works. I'm gonna try. You know, I'm always fighting for the people already. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see where I go. On. No man, but that was dope, man. Thanks for having us, man. I mean, thanks for being there, man. Definitely. No, man, I appreciate it. Are you, staying, are, you, are you staying for the rest of the show? Yeah, yes. What's the um, so <laughs> I oh okay. I probably got like. 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, you're still until Izzy can't. What's a yeah. Yucca rating? <laughs> a what? Y-U-K-A. Oh, the app. There's, uh, a, there's an app that you can scan barcodes to yeah. see like how natural or, or good it is for you. Okay. Um, good question. I don't actually know if we're, if we're, if we're registered on that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, like check it. Uh, you, you can, I don't know. Yeah, if, if you've already bought the products and you've got the app, like scan, scan the barcode. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're actually registered on that yet. Cool, thank you. All right, cool, man. That's great interview, man. Let's get into more headlines now, then. Asking for a friend. Ooh, asking for a friend. Oh my god, these are killing me today. Let's do asking <laughs> for a friend. All right, cool. So today's asking for a friend. It says, "Hi, TDA. Please don't say my name as I'm in the community. I had second thoughts." Um, sending this as I'm not sure I should even be feeling this way but recently there has been a similar what what oh, recently yeah. there have been a similar conversation I had about this recently online and I'd like to know what you all think I've been friends with this guy for 10 years and we've always been pretty close but lately I've been feeling really envious of his success he just got a promotion at work he's dating a beautiful woman and he seems to have everything go his way. I know I should be happy for him, but I can't help but feel resentful. I feel like I'm not good enough and that I'll never be as successful as he is. I'm not sure how to deal with these feelings. I don't want to let my envy ruin our friendship, but I also don't want to feel this way. What should I do? Hmm. Let's put it out to the room. I think we should start rough, you know? <laughs> <laughs> How does that sound like, Raph? Sounds like he's got a lot of hating on his heart. Bad mind energy. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, I don't know. It's a funny one because I feel like jealousy is like, it's, it, you know, it, it can happen. I, I feel like jealousy and envy is different. I feel like jealousy, fine, like something can happen for someone and you could be like, oh, like, you know, I want, I kind of want that to happen for me as well. I think envy and resentment, though. Mm -hmm. I think resentment is 
something else. Like, it sounds like you start to dislike this person because of the success. Yeah. Like, oh. um, I don't really know what to advise on it. Uh, I guess like I'm I'm a big advocate for therapy, so maybe, yeah, maybe chat to a therapist and see see what they say. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people can't handle their emotions. You get me? You don't sound like you've got the emotional maturity to deal with these feelings because we're only human, in it? Like, mm. and we we feel things like what you're saying, like that jealousy and stuff like that. It's mm. just, it can be natural response to people, but to let it turn into envy and resentment mm. is just you not like, because I don't understand what you're going to get out of this. Why couldn't you try and use it as motivation? Exactly. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, this is that you see that's what you want for yourself, that standards mm. that you set for yourself, your friends showing you that they're attainable. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? So you should use that as motivation for you to go and go out there and get what you want. Like, you mm. know what I'm trying to say? Like, obviously, he's your friend. You can you can take their air. You can see from example. I don't know if it's their work ethic or whatever, mm. but you need to be doing everything within your power to get to where you want to get to in life, not just sit there hating because that ain't yeah. going to get you it. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, mm. and if you can't understand why these person like everybody ain't got the same story mm-hmm. like you know what i'm trying to say like yeah. if you can't understand why this person has the success in their life or whatever like then you're just gonna just you're just gonna, just gonna drive yourself crazy like you know what i'm trying to say like but you can't look at everybody's things or what they got and just compare it to yourself and feel like you should have it feel like you're entitled to it like there's obviously reasons why they have these things you mm-hmm. know what i'm trying to say and i think maybe you should just need to look into the mirror and just use it for self-improvement. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, wherever you feel like you're falling short in life, just try and step up and try and improve yourself. And again, just use it as motivation because what else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You cutting off that friendship or ruining that friendship is not going to change. It's not going to make you more successful, bro. Mm. At all. At all. So. Um, Danielle, Danielle put something in the chat. She said, um, talk to your friend. Learn from him. Leverage what he knows. Be transparent and you'll feel more free in your heart. There you go. See, see, I feel like there must be like a void in in his life, isn't it? Everyone, I believe anyway, everyone has a purpose, right? And when you start pursuing that purpose, I feel like you start increasing the fulfillment in your life, right? Mm. But a lot of the time, individuals are not necessarily, people who, who, who don't have a purpose are not necessarily always with people who do have a purpose. So it seems like this person has a purpose, is pursuing it, is happy, and because he doesn't, it's like the the the, um, the difference is, is glaringly obvious. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But typically, a lot of people who walk around life aimlessly, who don't have purposes, are with other people just the same. So you don't necessarily notice the difference in your life, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? But he's seeing it. Long story short, I would say, look within, find your purpose. Because I feel like when you put your energy towards that, you're going to focus less on what you're missing mm. because of all the great things in his life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, you got to use it to inspire yourself so you can elevate yourself. You could be yeah. greater. I always, I I try not to have any hate in my heart. 100%. That's why my skin's so good. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> no, no. Where's the horns, bro? Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, I'll try and make it my business to have people around me that's doing better than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm trying exactly, to say? Because that's yeah. what I want to learn off. That's yeah. what I want to. That's what I want to elevate to. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't want everybody doing worse or being on the same level because I don't understand. I feel like each one teach one. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I want. I want inspirations of success around me so I can so I can be better. You yeah. know what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. that? So yeah, man, I don't know, man. You just gotta you just gotta find a way to cut all that that hay out of your heart, bro, man. Mm-hmm. But but what would you say to him? Because it seems like like people like us in a room here, we would love to be people, like you said, who are doing better. Because you feel like you have something in you to improve. Mm-hmm. He may feel as though, you know what, I just don't have the tools to be better. And seeing his friend always thriving, 
is what's kind of killing me type of thing. Like, can he improve? Like, you know what I'm saying? What would you say to him in, in the, if that's um, the situation, that he feels inadequate, that he can't really improve his situation? Say that again, sorry. <laughs> I blacked out. I don't know what happened. I I'm so sorry. I don't know what. <laughs> it's, it's because you don't empathize with haters. That's what it is. <laughs> but it's because he read in the chat that somebody said, Mags, who said yesterday your skin was troubled. Yeah, but don't look at the recovery. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Wambasaka recovery, babe. Look, look now. Huh? Come on, man. What are we doing here? I hear that. <laughs> Sorry, um, what did you say, though? Um, it was that comment that got me as well. Friend. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, um, what did you say to him if you feel like if he actually feels like he feels um, inadequate, you know what I'm saying? That he can't, he doesn't really have, like, possess the tools to actually improve himself that much. I don't know. You know what it is? I'm, I've always liked to be a realness, you know what I'm trying to say? Like I mm. said, I don't want to, I don't have delusions of grandeur, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I want to work within my capabilities. And sometimes it's hard to tell you, like, if you're not, if you can't do something, mm. sometimes you just have to have that conversation, mm. that honest conversation with yourself. And manage your expectations. You know what I'm trying to say? Because again, what's going on over there might not be your story. Like you might yeah. not be capable of achieving these things. Like honestly, I don't like to limit anybody because yeah. everyone's to say, "Oh yeah, you could be anything what you want. You could do that." And and that's a nice attitude to have. But some people can't. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Like some people don't have the skill set, don't have the talent, don't have the resources, whatever it may be. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. But you just need to look in the mirror and just need to find peace within yourself, man, and know what you can achieve. Set set realistic and attainable goals for yourself. And just enjoy that journey in, in, in achieving those, innit? Yeah, for real. That's it, man. Yeah, I think, I think that's some good advice, man. All right, there you go, Kitty, man. I hope that works out for you, man. But um, let's get into our last headlines then. Before you go, well, you keep what? doing this to me. Sorry, sorry. I know he's, <laughs> he's going to be gone soon. You said you advocate for therapy heavy, mm. heavy. Why, why, why is that? Um, I just think it's been really beneficial for me. Um, uh, yeah, just like my my personal experience, I have friends around me who they've also sort of gone through therapy as well, and it's been beneficial for them. I think <clears throat> a lot of the time people have like this uh, mindset that somehow if you go to therapy, it means that something's wrong with you. No, not necessarily. Like it's it's funny going to therapy is literally just sort of like being in a room with someone who will listen to you uh, speak about like what you're experiencing, what you're feeling, and there's just no judgment. There's no judgment. It's just a safe space for you to say stuff that you're maybe carrying around with you every day and to just have like a really, someone opposite you with like a really impartial position on it to sort of maybe check, maybe, you know, sometimes check you on, on like, okay, maybe your perspective on this isn't, you know, mm -hmm. what you may think it is. And it's not in a way of them being like, oh, you're wrong or you're right. Sometimes it's just them asking an additional question. Mm -hmm. You say you feel like this and they ask, okay, cool. Like, what does that mean to you? Why do you feel like that? So what do you want to do about it next? And going through that process, a lot of the time the work doesn't actually happen in your therapy session. It's going through that process with someone and then coming out of the session and then you continuing to sort of like meditate on that conversation um, that then allows you to sort of like have breakthroughs. So... Yeah, I'd say I'd say people should people should give it a go. I understand that it, <clears throat> you know, it's not it's not cheap. It can be really expensive. Um, 
but yeah, like if 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 you can if you can get access to it, then you know don't don't be afraid of it. Well, what type of things kind of went into your thought process when it came to choosing the therapist? Uh, one, they have to be black. Okay. Um, because I want to be able to like speak about like my experiences, mm-hmm. and there's like almost like a, an instant understanding and connection of, of what, I'm, what I'm speaking on. Um, and then for me, it was just like particular things within myself that I knew I wanted to sort of like talk about. Mm. Um, and then sort of like going through what they say that they specialize in and then being like, okay, cool. I want to go, I want to go with this person. Uh, my first therapist was off recommendation as well. So a friend of mine had gone through, uh, mm. therapy with this, with this particular therapist and was like, oh, you should speak to her. Mm. I think like this, this, this will, this will work for you. Um, but then outside of that, there's there's websites that you can go on. I think there's um, I think it's called the Black and Asian Therapist Network. I think I think if you Google B A A T N, yeah. I think the website should come up, and then you can just go through like a list of therapists there, and then just sort of mm. look for it, figure out if if they sort of like address what what you want to talk about, mm-hmm. and then the other thing you'll get is with with all of these therapists, you'll have like an initial session with them, okay. which will be an opportunity for you to just sort of gauge the vibe. Like, mm-hmm. you know, is it a, is it a good fit for fit you? Fit if it yeah. is, then it's like you then talk about like a longer term plan. Yeah. Um, but if it isn't, no harm done. You can just be like, okay, cool. I feel like I want to speak to other therapists and yeah. see where, where I'll eventually land. Okay, cool. Rogs, when are you starting, man? What, therapy? Yeah. I ain't got no Rogs therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm straight, man. <laughs> this is my therapy, man. Mm. You get me? I'll be talking every day, but now you want to do more talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all right. I'm, I'm old school. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I made it. Mm. I made it the strong stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and no matter what happens, I'm, I'm gonna be all right. So, amen. Amen. That's a word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Let's get into our final headlines then. All right, so trigger warning, this, um, some sad news, man. But a woman has been charged with manslaughter after the death of an 11-year-old girl. Fatiha Sabrin died on 11th of December 2021 in Shadwell in East London. She was found unresponsive at a residential property in Sutton Street and taken to hospital, but died later the same day. A few days after her death, her talent was recognised in a writing competition. The Met Police say that they charged Jasmine Akhtar, actor, yeah, who's 33, with manslaughter, and importing a regulated substance on Friday. Um, this was on the 28th of uh, July. She's now going to appear at Thames Magistrates Courts on Tuesday, the 22nd of August. The charges follow an investigation by detectives from the Met Specialist Crime Command. And the last headline, also trigger warning, and um, a British man's freed by a Cypriot court after being sentenced for killing his seriously ill wife has said that he could not find words to describe his relief release. Um, David Hunter was convicted of the manslaughter of his wife, Janice, who's 74, in an assisted suicide at their Paphos um, home in 2021 and jailed for two years. He's ex-minor, he's from Northumberland, and he was freed after spending 19 months in custody awaiting trial. Outside court, Hunter thanked his um, family for, for their support. He had told the trial his wife had cried and begged him to end her life as she suffered from blood cancer. The court heard it was Mrs. Hunter's wish to die and that her husband had only feelings of love for her. Hunter, who was originally from Ashington, said he would never in a million years have suffocated his wife 
52 years unless she had asked him to. He showed the court how um, he held his hands over Mrs. Hunter's mouth and nose and said he eventually decided to grant her her wish after she became hysterical. The court heard he then tried to kill himself by taking an overdose, but paramedics arrived in time to save him. And that's it for the headlines. All right, well, it's definitely time to pay some bills as well, right? Yes. Thank you. All right, then, cool. Um, let's get into our reaction, last sports headlines of the day. Okay, then. So, as you know, the Women's World Cup is currently going on. Still riveting stuff. Make sure you are locked in. I'm going to um, read off some of these results for you lot here. So, um, on Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday scores. The Costa Rica women lost 3-1 to Zambia. Mm. Big up Zambia. Yeah, big them up. Um, Japan beat Spain 4-0. Mm. And I believe they didn't even conceded a goal all tournament. Spanish. Japan. No, the Spanish. Oh, Spanish. Yeah, they, they've been cooking. I don't think they conceded a goal all tournament. And the yeah. Japanese got them just coming. You know what I'm saying? Cooked them up quickly. Australia beat Canada 4-0 as well. And Nigeria drew nil-nil with the Republic of Ireland. And then also these early hours of the morning results. USA drew nil-nil with Portugal. And Holland absolutely battered Vietnam 7-0. Sounds like a real cooking over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, in some avenues, and I have a headline. Well, what looks like our only headline, yeah. which I'm going to read out to you. It says, Daniel Dubois for shock win. Um, Alexander um, Usyk won't know what's hit him, says promoter Frank Warren. So Frank Warren's going for it. Okay, cool. Ambitious British contender Daniel Dubois will be looking to upset unified champion Alexander Usyk later this month when, um, with the world's top heavyweights set for action over the weeks to come. Promoter Frank, Frank Warren believes Dubois can shock the formidable Usyk and the world on August 26th and beat the formidable Ukrainian to win the IBF, WBO and WBA titles when they fight in Poland. I'm confident because I believe in him, Warren told Sky Sports. Um, Usyk is a very, very good fighter. He's a great cruiserweight. He's done everything that's been asked of him. But I look at the fights and I just um, don't look at, I don't just look at their last performances. Um, Usyk is returning to the ring after 12 months out since defeating Anthony Joshua on points for the second time to defend his unified titles. Yeah. Are you gonna watch it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it. I see someone the other day saying that they think that they said there's gonna be a shock in, in, in boxing somewhere and they think maybe that's where it's gonna come. Oh no, it's definitely not gonna be <laughs> <laughs> Say no chance. No chance. I think the shock was probably Spence. Mm -hmm. Spence and um, Crawford. Crawford. Yeah. For real. I think I think everyone knew it was gonna be a tough fight, but I didn't think we'd see Spence go out like that. That was mm -hmm. hard to watch. Was he um, team Spence before the fight? No, I, I like both of them equally, um, but yeah, it was just it was just hard to see Spence like get whooped. It was just like wow, yes. a lot of stuff. Do you feel like some of the past, like in terms of like the car crash, um, the fact that he's fought like he's been in a few wars, right, kind of contributed to that? Or do you feel like it was just? I've heard that argument, but then like the way we saw him perform in his last fight against you guys, like I feel like he showed that he still got it. So mm. well, wasn't that like eighteen months ago? Yeah, it was a while ago, man. Didn't want to take a warm up on that. Yeah, ring rust as well. I don't know. To me, it just seemed like Spence seemed very. He didn't seem as confident mm. from from round one. 
know what I'm saying? And I think at the beginning of round two, when when Crawford just hit him with a jab, I just thought, nah, this guy doesn't seem the same. He's reaching, he's overreaching. He, he, he just never does that. But he not was, to that degree. He was he was confident. He started out, he was leading, he was on the front foot, he was the aggressor, mm-hmm. he was jabbing a lot, he was trying to use his power. He was confident. And I think mm-hmm. the second he got, he realized, it took one round yeah. from the clock. Ah, oh. <laughs> there's, no, lev- there's Crawford, levels. Crawford's actually right-handed. Yeah. So that jab isn't, it's not like your, you know, I your, can't your even tell jab. whether he's right-handed. He's yeah. just as cold in, yeah. in, in the sack. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm. But yeah. yeah, holding like a jab from someone who's actually right-handed and that's what's coming at you constantly. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah, Crawford, he's a, he's a legend, man. He's mm. definitely one of the greatest of all time now. Has to be. Yeah. Has to be. All right, yeah. big up him. Um, that's, 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 the end, that's the end of a great show, man. Let's get into our outro, people. So yeah, man, thanks for tuning in. Shouts out everybody taking part in the chat, everybody that's called in, and obviously our wonderful guest. That was a dog. Definitely, thanks for pulling up, man. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, use up, man. Make sure you like the video as well, man. Subscribe, do all it, share all this stuff. Do all the stuff that you're supposed to be doing, man, because you know the routine already. We didn't tell you that again, because we're supposed to tell you that at the top of the show, Brent messed up, but we've got a new Twitter community. <laughs> no, we've got a new Twitter community, so we're in there. Is the link anywhere to be seen, it's Brent? It's at the top of the chat. I'm, it... I'm going to make an animated like card so that you don't have to basically blame me for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's at the top of the chat. Make sure you join the community. Make sure you take part. Send us tweets, send us memes, all that good stuff. Send us abuse. Mm. Do what you want to do. I don't even mind. You get me? But yeah, man, that's it, man. Great show, man. We'll see you tomorrow Ooh. morning, man. Oh, wait, 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 wait. They want to know if you're available. <laughs> I th- they want to know if you're a single man. Me? Yeah. Nah, I've got, I've got a girl. <laughs> sorry, ladies. Sorry, ladies. But you can still support, man. Yeah, you know man. Still support. Still, still support. run out. You know what I'm saying? Nah, you should have just lied. That's how the whole Yoruba demon thing This is, is it. Oh, yeah, for real. Yeah, you gotta break, you gotta break, break the cycle. <laughs> yes, exactly. yeah, all right. Sorry, ladies, man. You just got here looking from a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Again, mm. anyway, thanks for being here. We'll see you tomorrow morning, man. Peace out. <laughs>